Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You have just downloaded the free version of the Sunranto Show, which is chock full of advertising. If you would like to listen to the ad-free and early version of the Sunranto Show... Well, then become a Patreon patron at patreon.com slash sunranto. It's just a dollar a month, and there are perks at every single level, including music and extra content. And you can also join our Discord and uh, hang out with us over there. Just join. Patreon.com slash sunranto. It's the right thing to do. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Covey Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable loser. Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable losers. Sunranto. Twenty-two. Twenty. Cut the catch. Twenty-two. Hey, uh, welcome to the, Welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. I'm Danny Rocket. It is 2022. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody! And of course, today is January sixth, which is an important day in American history, as we all well know. I know you all been watching the news today about today being the anniversary of when the Cubs traded for Anthony Rizzo, Andrew Kashner. Uh, no longer a Cub, sent him off to San Diego, in came Anthony Rizzo, and things forever changed in America. January 6th, mark it, it's on your calendar, all the news outlets are talking about today. So, um, yeah, you know, I, 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 it, it, it is kind of weird with that deal. I always think about it because Theo was dealing with Jed Hoyer, who was the GM of San Diego at the time, and they trade, and he, you know what I mean? It's kind of like... Yes, I will give you this crappy Andrew Kashner for this great Anthony Rizzo, and then and, and then uh, and then what's his name? And then Jed leaves to go to Chicago. It's like if I was a San Diego fan, that would have pissed me off. No, yeah, they, man, they were just surfing and chilling at me, like hang loose, dude. I'm fine. That seemed you know, like some insider trading going on yeah, right absolutely. there. Absolutely, it all is. Come on, any any billion multi billion dollar industry with only thirty people doing that one job is automatically insider trading by definition. Wouldn't you say? I'm I mean, saying the stock market had 30 people in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. It's just like if all of a sudden Jed traded three awesome players to the Dodgers and the next year got a job in LA, you'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, well, that's what happens all the time. I mean, <laughs> it just hasn't happened to us in a while. 
Um, yeah, except for a little bit of the brain drain. We're going to get to that tonight. But uh, the Sunranto Show is, of course, brought to you by our 104 Patreon subscribers. Uh, find out more about how you can subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. Uh, thanks for subscribing. And a happy new year, everybody. Uh, well, Carly, what'd you do on New Year's? How was your uh, New Year's Eve? I know things are a little weird right now with COVID killing people again. But um, yeah, uh, we went to uh, a maze in Rosemont, which was like a light show. And then uh, we came back to the clubhouse, did some karaoke and drank some beer. Nice. But well, everybody's always trying to get out of Rosemont. That's why they make the maze, because nobody really wants to be there that bad. <laughs> no, dude, it was a really nice light show and stuff like that. And it, we, we try to keep things as outdoorsy as possible. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. I, I, I did the opposite. I went straight up indoors with a bunch of people I didn't know. Really? You? <laughs> Dude, like, well, you wouldn't even hang out with us at the playoff game outdoors last year because you were afraid of COVID. Well, I, and now, yeah, like, this year, I was running not, rampant. The, the freaking I was not vaccinated. I oh, was yeah. not vaccinated back then. Yeah, and now you're, now you're free and easy. It, you know, and, no, I took a COVID test uh, Thursday and found out Friday morning that we were clear. So then we went to this party, and then I took another COVID test Monday. Well, unless you know. one of the symptoms of COVID is uh, how the fair, all the hair falling off your face. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's part of my New Year's Eve. So we went to a murder mystery party, and we had characters, and my character was like Charlie Chaplin. So I actually shaved everything except for my like Charlie Chaplin. Not Hitler. Mustache. You went to, no, no. That's what I'm. That's what you're telling me right now. You, you went, never go full scene. Hitler. You never yeah, go. You full never Hitler. go full Hitler. You better have had a derby on because I don't think yes. Hitler ever wore a derby. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I, I definitely. Hair. I had the. I had the derby. I was in a suit, and I had. I actually. My hair actually can be somewhat like his. Uh, if if I part it right in the middle and bring it down, so yeah. But it was fun. We we all acted like uh, idiot 1920s people. And hung out, and then I was. <laughs> Did you say twenty three skidoo a lot? <laughs> yes, I actually. Well, my I was a I was supposed to be an actor trying to get out of silent movies into the talkies. <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds like fun. I've never done anything like that. I probably would get too drunk to participate proper pro- properly at that point. Oh my um, god there there were there were people that just didn't understand. Yeah, like I what we were. Yeah, I know. I get that way on Jackbox games sometimes. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Quip lash. I'm like poop. You know, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> so, so what did you do, Danny? The last one. We will. Speaking of Jackbox, that's what we did. We played a little Jackbox with Bleacher Jeff and. uh had an, he he hosts a little uh, five four three two one. Then I stayed up with uh, our good friend Johnny Anamatapia, then our Nationals fan friend, and he we did uh, New Year's Eve uh, on the West Coast too because they lives in, he's living out in L A. And then by the end of that, I was I was pretty much done. So it was nice. It was a nice night. Just kind of got you know it was sitting where I'm sitting right now, <laughs> except five four three two one here. Um, so I'm gonna try something new tonight on the show. Uh, StreamYard, where we present the show from, they've got a, a giveaway uh, tool. So let me show this to you. Uh, it's it's this. Uh, all you got to do. Am, am I sharing my screen here? Okay. So it's. Yeah. Hash- we see it. If you do hashtag chance, you could win. I'm going to. Here's a. Uh, where is it? Here's a Frank Chance postcard that. uh I will personally write you a handwritten letter of love to you, 
And uh, all you got to do is comment in the chat uh, as uh, hashtag chance, and you could win a Frank chance. And as you can see here, uh, I've got this up. There are zero entries so far. So if you just comment in the Facebook comments, the YouTube comments, the Twitter comments, live on the show, hashtag chance, you could have a chance to win this chance. A chance for a chance. I I am pulling for little Everett Yoakum to win. I'm waiting. He he always – is one of the first to comment. Now is his chance to comment with hashtag chance, yeah, I don't a know yodel, and then boom. Yeah, so the John's in there. John's with there with hashtag chance. Let's see if that registered. we got two yeah, entries Artie. so far. Dominic? Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be looking back at the end of the show. We're going to do the drawing, and it's going to be really cool. This is a brand-new thing they added. We'll be using it throughout the year, giving all sorts of fun stuff away. So uh, just uh, – and we'll be telling everybody – We'll remind you before it ends for our later uh, viewers. So uh, in Rob Manfred hates baseball news, uh, there are no negotiations uh, for Major League Baseball, uh, the the owners or the players. They just aren't doing anything. And on top of it, they took this opportunity to to Manfred got Ken Rosenthal fired from Major League Baseball Network, which is their own network. And now he's out for talking smack. A, I guess it started last year during the pandemic where Rosenthal criticized MLB for how they negotiated that deal for the 60-game season. And now it continued on to the point where Rosenthal was criticizing the MLB further, saying that they're coming to the table, not offering any realistic uh, contracts to the players. And uh, so they fired him. At MLB Network, they're like, all right, you're not a mouthpiece for us. You're out. You're out. And it, a lot of it points back to Manfred. So, <laughs> thoughts? Which is, yeah, which is, it, it's completely insane because, I mean, does anybody, has anybody really thought that Rosenthal was like this rebellious firebrand going against the brand, like anti MLB? I mean, come on. It's Ken Rosenthal. The dude's, it's like the, the bow ties and the fucking Pee Wee Herman dude. Like, he's just, he's just a nice guy. Like, he's you asked him to write three. the facts. The man is literally four foot three tall. It's just tall. He's nice as hell. He says a couple of things against Manfred, and then all of a sudden he's out. And it's not even against him. It's like literally just saying they didn't come to the table with anything. Yeah. (laughs) So just to be clear, uh, Rosenthal's contract with MLB expired, and then they didn't rehire him, which everyone knows what that was all about. And so technically not (laughs) fired, but Manfred made sure that he wasn't coming back, which, again, you're talking about probably the most connected guy in all of baseball. That you know, it'd be like uh, it'd be like NBA TV firing uh, Woj. You know what I mean? It's like you just wouldn't do it. So it, it, you know, it was just again. We've talked about baseball and optics and how sometimes they just don't fucking get it. Like how when you're in the middle of negotiations and you're trying to paint yourself as reasonable and the other side is unreasonable. How bad does that look for Rob Manfred? Like, honestly, <laughs> it seemed petty to me. And that's what was pretty frustrating about it. And it, not only was it petty, it it seemed like, yeah, like you said, the optics. But, you know, Rob Manfred, everybody knows he's the hatchet man. Everybody knows he's the one that's in there and he's going to be, uh, you know, telling basically coming to the table with like, Hey, you either take it or leave it. This is it. Like, that's what he was. That's what his job is to be the hard nose ass. And, but right now 
what was the point of firing? Like, like is 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 he swaying anybody's opinion? And now you've completely lost Rosenthal. Now this dude that is totally connected with all the players knows everybody, knows every coach. Now he's just like, blow it out your ass, Manfred. Now I'm going to come for you and tell you the things I really think about you. Now it's like Rosenthal gloves off. Time. Yeah, I, yeah. If if they thought Rosenthal was you know getting on him before when they had him under their thumb, like this is the exact wrong thing to do because, I mean, let's face it, he's not going to be that firebrand, but he's going to continue reporting the same things and probably more often because he he will have a mandate to do so rather than how the MLB network didn't really want him to do it but you know we all talk about him being fired but like Crawley said his contract ran out which makes me think of the whole Joe Madden thing right Joe Madden got fired no his contract they didn't renew his contract so he didn't really get fired but yeah they didn't want him anymore and and, and I think but it's the same situation and I think that Rosenthal has always kind of just reported the truth is what people respected out of him and I don't think he changed anything because of having the job with NLB network. And I don't think he's going to change the way he's done things now. And, and so it just looks bad, but this was, I, I laughed at this tweet right here. Uh, this was from Tyler Nutsack Matsick from the <laughs> world champion Atlanta Braves. And he said at Ken Rosenthal stands at five, four and a half, but still towers over Rob Manfred. Fire one of the premier reporters in baseball because he critiques you. That's his job. Hashtag soft. Hashtag rent free. Hashtag doing laps. Yeah, they all like Rosenthal, and uh, and even um, our our new guy uh, got in there too. Stroman he tweets out, uh, "Ken, you're a legend. We go wherever you go. Sometimes you outgrow those beneath you. Keep climbing and being one of the best in the game." And this was uh, a retweet of Ken Rosenthal confirming that MLB Network has decided not to have him back after 12 years. So, I mean, it's just like you, t- you you make this guy the face of your situation. Now, who are they going to put up there, A-Rod? Oh, my God. Because well, I mean, they already tried I- that. Yeah, that's one of their new ideas. They're going to, like, how they have the Manning cast on Monday Night Football. They're going to have, like, A-Rod and Barstool cast. Like, talk about being out of touch. It's like, hey, let's take a bunch of sexist pigs. Let them talk through, uh, you know, while drinking beer through an entire show. And then we're gonna, uh, and then we're gonna uh, throw a rod in the mix. You could choose your your amazing new commentary. You know, it's just like tone deaf. Yeah, it's well. I mean, this is the way media is going. I mean, we've been, we all knew that the MLB network wasn't going to ever really be that critical of the MLB. Same with, I mean, they say okay, he's still on Fox, but. He's not going to be as he he on Fox. He won't be that critical now in the athletic or wherever he writes. Um, he can be because yeah, they're not they're not in bed with him. But like Fox uh, gets money from MLB. Athletic just got bought by the New York Times. Right. So. And, and See, that yeah, makes I, me very nervous about that situation. I, I saw that, too. That's, and that could consolidation. be consolidation. And, you know, I work in a consolidated industry that consolidated a long time ago. And let me tell you, it's not good for anybody that actually works in it. The and thing the about thing- the athletic was to get away from all that shit, and they were doing excellent work as an independent to do this right now. Like, I mean, sure, good job, Money. guys. You got you got your five hundred fifty million, but you you know you sold your soul to do it. 
Right. It was, I, I pay the subscription. It's like $60 a year, which comes out to like $5 a month. If you, if you break it out and it is definitely, in my opinion, worth the money. It's the best sports writing that's out there. And that's what happened is I remember when Comcast fired Patrick Mooney, you know what I mean? And I was like, Oh my God, Patrick Mooney, that Comcast sports. And I'm like, how did you fire him? That, that, it's like, the dude's awesome. Like I love Patrick's reporting. And then I was so happy when like, they, you know, it was Sahadev and uh, what's his name that started it up originally. Uh, God, I always forget his name on here, but uh, John Greenberg. John Greenberg. And, yeah. and so, you know, they started it and they sold it to somebody, but then they built something that was special. And the New York Times, it basically kept cutting sports writers. Now said, oh, look, they're doing it. And then they're going to buy it. And then what are they going to do? They're going to fire the local people. And that's one thing that on The Athletic, you can see a lot of that you don't even see anymore because papers don't pay reporters anymore is some of the local stuff, like the stuff around you. The Ken Rosenthal's will always have a job with the athletic. Okay. It's the guys that are more local. When I grew up, I used to love looking at the paper and reading the sports section. And I knew all the writers, whether it was Sully or or Gonzo or uh, Bruce Miles and all these guys, you knew who they were and you knew that they were plugged in and tuned in, not a rod talking about Albert Almora's speed. You know what I mean? And so (laughs) he's so fast. Or the one AP article that just gets put into every paper across the country. So it just really bothered me when I read about that today because I I felt that that was some of the most independent, truthful reporting on sports out there. And I don't know, like I said, maybe, you know, it might not be overnight, but I'm just, you know, if the New York Times couldn't get their shit together before, why do you think they're going to get it together now? Yeah, I, yeah, it, it doesn't. Well, I hear sense. they're going to work independently. That's what they're saying. But, you know, <laughs> they, they say that and then it doesn't ever happen. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I did, uh, you know, I, I am now we are the independent sports writers of the Chicago. We, like, we always we, have been. We always have been. We've never changed. Like and and actually we're. And this but we first- will for five hundred fifty million. We will we will lick Manfred's ass yeah. on this show yeah. every literally. goddamn day. Like literally so, do it. Yeah. No. I'm, we're I'm, we're not we're not above them. We know where they're coming from. Damn but, it, uh, Michael! Don't take my TFC. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know, I was. I am going to share my TFC right now since it is in the Rob Manfred, uh, Ken Rosenthal uh, idea here. And it's a uh, it's from Baseball Brit. And it's uh, it says Rob Manfred attempting to keep out criticism from everyone. And it's one of those. It's so for the podcast listeners, it is a picture of one of those gates on a sidewalk that is not connected to a fence. So like you can literally just walk around, walk around the, the gate, gate. Yeah. and I've seen these things before. They are insane to me in any way, but it is the exact like perfect representation of what Manfred is doing right now uh, by kicking Rosenthal. Well, as long as you're sharing Manfred TFC, I'm going to share mine. <laughs> um, Show Zone tweeted out breaking. MLB will not allow fans to attend games in 2022. Manfred cites an uptick in mean tweets about him as reason for banning fans from all 30 stadiums. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just, it it comes off thin skinned. I think the optics suck, but you know, uh, you know, Ken Rosenthal, I mean, I, I met him uh, briefly at uh, when I went to winter meetings in 2019 at the end of 2019, right before everything fell apart. And super nice guy. He's like, hey, Ken, great work. He's like, hey, thanks so much. You know, and just like go out there. He's talking to everybody. Like he's not 
trying to big time anybody. He's he's just a nice dude. I can't, I, you know, it, you couldn't you couldn't have you couldn't have done a worse job of making yourself look like an asshole while trying to fix the optics of your situation. It's just it's pathetic. Um, so I put out a season uh, poll in our little outlet, which is called my Twitter feed at Sunranto. Um, on when do people think that the season will get started? Carly, most people are agreeing with you. I said, when will the MLB season begin? 44% said a little late. Um, 19%. Oh, that just made me think of Rizzo. Why? 44. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, And he was a little late to getting vaccinated. Yeah. (laughs) We don't don't know if he's still vaccinated. Um, uh, 19% said on time. 44% said a little late. 25% said very late. Like, you know, probably all-star break-ish. And 12% uh, are not optimistic that w- there will be an MLB season at all. Um, um, so- on time is not happening. They haven't met. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I, mean? so I was just going to say, almost 20% of the people are out of are, their are wrong, door. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and well, as far as no season, don't forget that it is the owners that give Manfred his job. And I'm going to say that I truly believe that, you know, based off a of history of pandemics and some of this stuff, that we're looking at pretty much the end with this Omicron people are going to either they're either vaccinated or they're going to get COVID and we're starting to get to that herd immunity. So I think next season goes off without, if baseball can get out of its own way, we'll get off without a hitch with full stadiums with life. Like we knew it. This is not me trying to be optimistic. I I truly believe that's what's going to happen. And so you cannot have a season where you lose money for a third straight year of not having full capacity stadiums for at least 81 games, or let's just put it at 70 70 games. Hold on, Carly. They haven't lost money in any single season yet. So I don't know where you're coming up to it. The players have. Lose money. The owners haven't made any money, though. They haven't made any money. If we're going to get technical about it, the amount of money that the Cubs made in revenue – 2018 versus 2020 looks a lot different. It's yeah. right. It's less, but well, which means you're cutting people, which means you're de- decimating your system, which means it, you had, but to you fire, don't, you don't, but you don't need staff. to do that. As long as you have profit, even if that profits less, you can't actually keep going. It's just, well, no, less they, profit. they had to cut to be profitable. So I, they've, 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 I don't they've think they it. did though. Well, they did. They cut. Oh, everybody. They, they did. No, I agree. They did do that. Yeah, I'm saying they, they didn't have biblical to. losses, Michael. Biblical <laughs> losses. Um, well, and and you know the the sad thing is, of course, is that if they don't get the season up and running, I just saw an article today about there's already waning interest in baseball. We've known this for a long time. The uh, average age of a major league baseball fan has actually gone up in the last three years by like three years. And guess what? That's us. That's you and me hitting that. We're the ones that got three years older and still like the damn thing. So well, let me ask you a question. What, 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 what do we all have in common, really? We're Think old. Of, we're old white guys. <laughs> but you remember that it, it was the strike of 94 that absolutely decimated baseball. So in 1994, that was what the, the strike in 94. I was like just out of high school. You know what I mean? And so those people that 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 era right there, that that early 90s, you had one of the most amazing seasons going on. And they that was it. And the season ended and there was no World Series for the first time. 
And it really, I don't think baseball ever truly recovered from that. They've made plenty of mistakes along the way, but I think that was, I think that they thought that they could do the strike. Everyone would come back and all would be forgiven. And people started looking elsewhere for entertainment and, and, you know, obviously multiply that by bad marketing, not knowing how to, you know, take care of their product. And it's caused <laughs> this sport schedules. To, right. Yeah. It's caused, it, it's caused the players. sport to, I would say, be what? Third most popular? Yeah, but well, fourth. I mean, and it might be fourth soon. It's third right now, but it might be fourth soon because get the younger generation, their numbers are skewing soccer. And now yeah. you got Major League Soccer, which when we were kids, they had the Chicago Sting. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared about the Sting at all, at all, except for like one kid in your class that was like, "What's and that actually?" Shirt? Is you know, that, is that about the police? And they're, and they're like, "No, the Chicago Sting, not Sting from the police." Yeah. So I don't, I don't, uh, d- people are asking, do you think 1990? Yeah, it, it did help. It bounced it back a little bit, never to what it was pre 1994. Yeah, the you know, do you think 1998 helped at least a little, even for a year or so? Yeah, of course. I, but, you know, it, all, all of this is funny too, because I don't know, I guess maybe I'm the weird one, not surprising, <laughs> but uh, you have an opinion that nobody the, understands. The strike, <laughs> the strike of 94 did nothing. For my viewership, of I didn't even notice baseball. it, dude. I was busy, but, you know. I, I actually, those were some years that I was kind of tuned out of baseball. I had, so, I had just graduated from, uh, from high school or whatever, ninety four, and I was watching the season until it was gone. But guess what? When he came back in ninety five, I was watching again because I don't, I don't know, and and I've heard what Crawley has said a million times from a million different people. That, we like, are people hardcore got so, baseball fans. Michael, you've been got on a so base- upset about it. But Michael, you've been on a baseball podcast for seven years. You watch every game. Crawley <laughs> is it? Crawley is like the king of Cubs convention. You know, I I'm 10 years on this show. Like, listen, this is, we're starting our 10th year. Okay. We are, we are not the norm. We are not the norm. I would not say that what we would do with our Cubs fandom would be the normal thing, but I, yeah. And the Cubs, they are actually optimistic that they're going to get this season off because they're starting. They can't, they're not selling regular season tickets yet. Although they have to all the technically they have because season ticket holders paid their money already, but uh, Wrigley rooftops are now on sale. I'm putting up the graphic. They tweeted out Wrigley rooftops for the 2022 Cubs season are on sale. Now all 11 amazing rooftops. I wouldn't call them amazing. Uh, obstructed <laughs> view is not amazing. I know. I like that. Uh, upper left picture that's like right next to the foul pole like yeah that's it, like the best view you could possibly have on one of those rooftops in the one and, picture and and they've they've but they 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 did it where so that's the 460 foul pole on top of one of the roofs but they they cut out the part where you can see the the back of the uh back of the scoreboard listen i've been on these rooftops and we all have been on the rooftops you're far away. It doesn't feel like you're in the stadium. But I will say this. Opening day for 119 bucks, all you can drink. That's all you not, can eat. All you can eat. That, starting oh, at eat. 119. That's not for the good rooftop. That's for the one where you're missing oh. the outfield or something. Opening day, schmopening day. Give me April 6th. That's a much nicer price. It is. April 6th, 7th, 8th, 10th, 18th, and 19th. $69. All, all $69. All you can drink. I mean, come on, people. 
That's not a bad deal. We should probably get a rooftop going. I mean, there's even a Saturday against the Brewers. Maybe we should. That's 89. But 100 bucks go in there. Like, dude, I could do some damage for 100 bucks on a Saturday, no doubt. And if it's cold, whoo. Yeah. And if it's cold, you just, just go inside. Right. It's, uh, you know, those are. You can you can just tell that, that that those deals. I mean, they're they're already hurting. And I and I, and uh, it, I just saw it right here. Dominic Galoro said, "My cousin went from around forty three thousand having a chance to buy season tickets. I've seen. I, we we keep kind of talking about yeah. that. I went for burned through that list to, to get them right before twenty twenty. So the the but also the list is bullshit. They look at it. They look at the demographics. They know how much money you make. They they've got all that information on you because you basically give it away every time you sign into Google and accept cookies. You know what yeah. I mean? Like so. The the thing is is, is that you were able to kind of see where you were in line. Now, does that mean that they couldn't kind of jump people or whatever? Absolutely, they could. I'm just telling you right now that there, I've never, ever, 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 ever have seen this many people say I was selected and I turned them down. That's all I'm saying is that, 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 that you know, I would sit there on Twitter, like, right, you know, right before, right around this time, usually around January. And all of a sudden people are like, holy shit, my name came up. I put that in when I was in high school. I can't believe it. This is fucking awesome. Everyone excited that they actually got picked because some people forgot they've been on the list so long. Yeah. That list existed. And so as far as is concerned, I've never seen people getting called as quickly and at the same time turn around and saying no. Yeah. Well, I, I and I have to actually kind of slow my roll when I see on Facebook, like I'll see like an out of town person, like somebody on our, our friend Wes Jameson's page on Cubs fans in Oklahoma on Facebook, they'll get picked and they live in the middle of Oklahoma. They're like, they get picked for the season tickets. They're like, Oh man, this is going to be awesome. I finally picked that. And it takes me everything to be like, dude, don't do it. Cause they're so excited. I don't want to burst their bubble. Cause I mean, it, it is a thing. I mean, there is some, there is something special about being a season ticket holder. You get a few extra perks, but now that they're not doing Cubs camp convention, you're not sitting in the front row of that. You don't get extra, you know, lounge that you can hang out with. They don't give you like the bobbleheads, you know, ahead of time. They don't, they don't really do, they do less and less for you every single freaking year. And so now it's not as special as it once was. I know you've complained to me personally, Crawley, about, and to the Cubs you've complained about (laughs) the fact that they're not doing much. But, uh, you know, and then they need to do more. And if they don't do more, they're in danger of not only losing the season ticket holders that they've had for a long time, but also season ticket holders that um, that people, the word's getting out is what I'm saying, that, like, this is not such a great deal. And Yeah, well, and, you know, and, and getting back to, like, the, you know, people not, so the whole point of the season ticket talk was that so many people aren't buying them now, you know, and that's why these lists are moving so much. But Guy Serious points out, uh, MLB took their ball and went home. You can't watch the games very easily on TV. Every playoff game is on a different channel at a random time. That's true. And and then uh, Todd Emmons earlier pointed out the idea that, you know, WGN is gone um, and the games are on s- so late. There's no, there's not really like daytime or even early evening baseball. Like all of this, you know, they, they want to blame the game for the sport a lot. For for the the lack of interest, but a lot of it is just taking it away from eyeballs. Yeah, it's, you it's, you brought up soccer earlier. Yeah, the reason soccer is getting bigger is because they are putting it on TV. You I've can never. wake up, 
you can wake up on a, any Saturday morning all year round and watch soccer on ESPN in Europe at like fucking 7 a.m. So these people wake up, they're having their coffee, they turn on ESPN and they're like, oh, this is kind of interesting, you know, before they go to work. And, and they're getting into it. When you put the fucking games in front of people. Yeah. Good. They should people be going get live into it. on it's the go same live thing on with Twitter. Go live on Facebook. Go live on YouTube. Do, do use the use the ways that you can to get in front of an audience. It's and the it same can't... thing with women's sports. They always say that nobody's interested in women's sports. Show them. Well, it's hard to be interested in women's sports when you can't watch women's sports. You can't find the shit on TV. You got to go to you have to have CBS all access and uh, you know, a Twitch some bullshit or whatever. Like, I have no idea where they're at. They're doing their best to get it out there, but it's not easy for fans. And baseball had everything and they keep fucking taking the best parts of the game away. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody likes watching commercials because you're about to watch one. This is our Sun Ranto shopping commercial. Uh, Just we'll be back in one minute and we're going to talk about uh, some brain drain going on in the Cubs. Uh, the new Negro League U.S. coins and uh, the Iowa Cubs got sold. So uh, we'll be back in one minute. Hold tight. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. Go to sunranto.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, Fan's Ed shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sun Ranto Show stay on the air so we can keep talking shit. So buy shit today through sunranto.com slash shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit. So uh, wh- why don't we take a quick look and see how many people are entering our chance for a Frank chance. Uh, we have uh, five entries. If you're just tuning in now, I, uh, if you, uh, all you have to do is type into the comments the word hashtag chance and I will send you a postcard ri- filled out by me, wishing you well, of uh, Frank Chance. And apparently we have at least 21 people who are paying attention to this yeah. right now. So, just- so we really should have 21 entries. Come yeah. on, people. Yeah. You you type a hashtag chance and you get personalized shit Nail. from yeah. Danny Rocket. It's, it's, Come on. It's, it's, it's sweeping the nation. It's this new thing called mail. And Little like, Yumper, John Pincus, Corey. I'm just waiting for Everett. He wants us to yodel, but he's gotta he's gotta put hashtag chance. Okay, we got eight eight entries now. So looking good. Oh, actually nice. it disappeared somehow. All right, let me get that. Wait, how did that Oh no, you guys I think oh. I screwed it up. <laughs> well, all right. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start again. So you're gonna have to all right. Now, all right. Now we're back. Six, six entries now. Okay. So hashtag chance. I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to refresh my browser. I already screwed up. So hashtag chance. 
Uh, we learned everything. So this Everett we, just did Yodelahi who yeah, look at that. Yodelahi and everybody who did it earlier, maybe just try it again. Just try it again. See. Yeah. <laughs> then they said you don't get extra entries if you type chance twice. So don't don't waste your time doing that. Um, so uh, let's talk about a little brain drain. Kind of sad news to you know friends of uh, me, like Bleacher Jeff. Bleacher Jeff became very close with bullpen coach Chad Noble uh, here in a file photo. Uh, <laughs> putting on right after uh, the Cubs won the National League pennant at Wrigley Field in 2016 on October 22nd, Chad Noble came out in his banana hammock uh, to the field, uh, drunk, wearing goggles, and uh, he was kind of a fixture, you know. The <laughs> and the stocking cap. I love the stocking cap with the speedo. That's not a stocking cap. He's wearing no, it's his, a backwards, uh, uh, backwards division. Hat. Oh, it's backwards. Okay, yeah. but uh, yet. He's uh, but anyway, he's gone. John Baker poached him to the Pirates. Uh, Jason McKay tweeted out Chad Noble, formerly the Cubs bullpen catcher, will join the Pirates as catching coordinator per sources. That's a position John Baker said in November the Pirates were looking to add. So, if case you don't know about catching coordinator, think about Mike Borzello, and that's kind of the role that he had for many, many years. Um, anybody that's been around Wrigley knows has a Chad Noble story. Uh, this is a picture of us with Chad Noble after the clinching day in 2015. He's wearing clothes in this one. He's wearing clothes in this one. This is 2015. He's got a different pair of goggles too, because he actually handed them to me. And then I handed them off to some little kid. I was, I, I did a Mai Tai. Um, well, I, I did a reverse Mai Tai. I gave it to a kid. <laughs> yeah, you, if you did a Mai Tai, you're giving the goggles to Mai Tai. Which yeah. Who, who deserves them, to be honest? But uh, this is us right after the Cubs had cl- – uh, they clinched the night before, but they partied afterwards. If you remember, that was a great time, Danny. It really and, was. Uh, that's me. That's Mike Mitchell uh, from the Noblemen. They changed from uh, Fowler's Howlers to the Noblemen afterwards. So he made friends with a lot of Boy, people. Boy, they can sure pick players to get behind, huh? <laughs> they got yeah, to pick no one, new one every five years, I guess. Well, you know, it was it was it was a little bit tough, but uh, you know, it, um, he was a great guy, funny guy. Danny and I went out to Detroit uh, this last oh, last year. year. Yeah, yeah, we went to Detroit for the season, and we uh, Danny and I got there a little bit early, so we had some lunch at Founders Brewery and and threw some flights down, and then we went to Detroit and threw some drinks down. And I think it was a, I can't remember for, what day was it, Saturday or Sunday? At some point, we were sitting right by the bullpen and we were talking to Chad. Well, we, and, we sat there both days, but I don't know. Yeah, remember. that's I'm trying to remember which day it was. But one day I passed out on the, <laughs> uh, on top of the, uh, whatchamacallit. I'm guessing that was Sunday. <laughs> it might have been Saturday, it might have been Sunday, but like I was like just out. And, and so like we were, I was like right there overhanging the bullpen. I was like, Bleh. And all of a sudden, Chad Noble just runs and slams on top of me and scares, scares the living shit out of me. Crawley jumped out of his skin. It was brilliant. Had to but check his underpants after that. Just that a nice great. dude, man. He, he would always just talk to you. And, like, especially then later on when they put him in that zoo downstairs by the bullpen where you have the class and you could bang. Like, you could talk shit to him and stuff like that. And he'd come out and pop the door open well, and, and he, stuff. He came and saw Bleacher Bum Band a few times. And it was a fan of ours. And I was a fan of his. And Bleacher Jeff and him became close would go out for drinks with borzy and stuff he, so he got uh bleachers jeff one of the city connect jerseys yeah, yeah. Uh, right before one of your shows yeah um so jeff jeff Berter writes in i have a chad noble jersey from cubs con 
I have a Lester Strode, a Mike Borzello, and a Chad Noble. Yeah, those are some cool. quality ones. Well, and you, you got to admit, like the you don't hear a lot of ask a fan of the White Sox who's your bullpen coach, and I right. bet you very few people will know who that bullpen coach, even if you're a diehard fan. Um, and but Cub fans like we run a little different that way, you know. We're such a diehard fan base that everybody down to like you know Yosh Kawana. I mean, Grant, he was there a long time, but he was famous for a long time, too, uh, you know, for being the equipment manager and the clubhouse manager. So it's like, you know, it, how about uh, what's his name with the the shorts? That was a lot of fun. It would always what was the strength out. and conditioning coach. Yeah, Tim, Bus. Tim Bus. Yeah. Tim Bus, how much yeah. fun do we have with him? And it, like, you know, John Baker is like, you know, he's he's was in the dugout in 2020. But, you know, there's a guy was a backup catcher. And anyway, my point is. Cubs fans run a little differently. Chad Noble would be missed. I hope they replace him with somebody cool because that position, I kind of don't care if he's good at his job. I just want him to be fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want him to, to hang out with him. Um, but yeah, he'll be missed. And I know, I know Bleacher Jeff is pretty sad. So um, hopefully we'll get somebody good. Um, I, I saw today on uh, the, the Twitter verse that, uh, they're they're um the Negro League. Well, it's not the Negro League putting this out. It's actually the U.S. Mint putting out the 2022 Negro Leagues Baseball Commemorative Coin Program. And uh, take a look at some of these. Um, I don't know. I, this is my favorite right here. As you can see, that there's a Rube Foster. I'll describe it for the podcast listeners. It is a five dollar uncirculated gold coin. Ooh. And uh, it's got like kind of a famous picture of Rube, uh, just his his bust sort of thing. It says Negro Leagues Baseball. And on the back, it's got that tip of their cap uh, thing that they did in 2020 for the 100-year anniversary. Their yep. legacy plays on. But this $5 coin is $674. And I was like, oh, my God, the government invented NFTs a long time ago. They're, <laughs> they're selling things that are worthless, $5 that worthless. But and Groove, you know, obviously Rube Foster is you know, amazing, you know, uh, historical figure for the Negro Leagues and a giant of the game. But come on, guys, this is a five dollar coin. Well, it's six hundred seventy four bucks. Wow, I was just it, shocked at the price. I don't even understand why they put the five dollars on there because I did. I I was looking up because uh, you can spend if, it if you really want. You you could, but it's actually worth much closer to that six seventy four. What they do is they charge you for what the amount of gold that's actually uh like 90% gold like it's it's 90% actual gold so it's right. worth uh you know how much ever right. that costs in real life and it's in right now an, an ounce of gold is like $1800 yeah, it's a lot yeah it really So then up. they add so if you buy something like this, like if you're thinking, oh, I'll buy it and then I'll sell it for a bunch of money. Well, they're actually adding a little bit on top uh, because then that money goes to the Negro Leagues Museum. Well, to I'll get to fund that, their stuff. I'll, I'll but, get to that because there, there's a there's a very typical government thing in there. Yeah. Uh, but but the, what so I like is actually it'll take a while. One, yeah. The one I like is is this one. Uh, the uh, it's only thirty three bucks. They got the I guess they're minted in different places. This is the Denver one. There's a San Francisco one that costs two dollars more for some reason. But it's uh, I don't know who that is on the front. It just says I, I, it looks like a Yankees hat from what I could see. But 
I mean, what is that? And oh, Negro Leagues. And then it says Negro Leagues Baseball on like an old school bus. And the bus is cool. And in the back, you can see that they have like a bunch of different players. But they're kind of nondescript who they are. And if I had one complaint about all of this, and that one's only 33 bucks made of silver, which isn't worth as much as gold, obviously. But um, and uh, but if I had one complaint about it is that the only two players that they uh, honor are Jackie Robinson, who apparently on the tail side of his coin um, is a pitcher because <laughs> he looks like he's pitching. Does he not? Yeah. Well, and actually, though, I think that Jackie Robinson piece is actually the metal. And the pitcher one is actually the 50 cent piece as a pitcher on one side and a batter on the other. Oh, okay. All so right. you're getting, I think I'm, oh, I'm getting it mixed up. You're right. You're There's getting two things coin, in yeah. that. Yeah. Either way, these are pretty cool. I mean, um, Crawley, you're a collector. Do you collect things like coins and stuff like that? Usually if the Cubs will give something out or if I can find something unique Cub wise, yeah, I would, I would get one. Yeah. But I, one, I think they're cool. And, and Danny, I had the exact same thought. Uh, I, I like the Rube Goldberg or Rube Goldberg fucking Rube Foster. <laughs> the Rube, I'm going to actually get the Rube Foster and then I'm make a, a Rube Goldberg machine that feeds that into like a, a I don't know, a video game. Uh, so, but I like the Rube Foster because it's Rube Foster, right? Yeah. And the Jackie Robinson medal is cool because Jackie Robinson's on it. Yeah. So the you other would, ones are much less cool because they're, they're not specific players. And why would you not have like Satchel Page on there? Yeah, cool Papa Bell or Josh Gibson from Josh people, Gibson you know? as Buck O'Neill. Buck O'Neill, yeah, Buck exactly. O'Neill. So they they but maybe we'll get something like that out of somebody else, but not out of the U.S. Mint, which is no surprise there. And, and I then, mean, there could be other issues with likenesses and stuff, you know, right? But, like so, right now um, with Ernie Banks. They still haven't settled his estate. Um, there was a fight between whoever he was last with and the family and, the, you know, wills pop up. And so, like, uh, it, it becomes a real big issue. Um, I have a set of bobbleheads that are really cool from the Bobblehead Hall of Fame that are uh, the, these guys with their Hall of Fame plaques. It's Sandberg, Williams, Jenkins, but there's no Ernie Banks. And you could be like, well, what the hell? Why is there not Ernie Banks? Well, because the estate's not settled yet, so it's been a pain in the ass ever since. Mm, that's interesting. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it gets tied up with all that kind of junk. And and speaking of tied up, like I saw that one of the well, the reason I saw this. Uh, Wait, that, what? <laughs> wow, like, oh, where are you going with this? One? Where where are we going with this one? Fifty right. Shades of Cub. Yeah. Well, <laughs> y- y- here's where. <laughs> well, here's where I'm going with it. Is that. Uh, I saw that Bob Kendrick tweeted these coins out and he said uh, this could really change the Negro Leagues Museum. So I'm like, oh, they're giving a portion. The U.S. government is giving a portion to the Negro Leagues. And that's what you just said, Michael, or at least it made it sound like that. But if you read the fine print here, surcharges in the amount of thirty five dollars for each gold coin sold and ten dollars for each silver coin, silver dollar sold and five dollars for each clad half dollar authorized to be paid to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum for educational outreach programs. So it's not embedded into the price of the coin. They actually force you to give money to the Negro Leagues Museum through the mint. So it's not – so the the federal government is making it sound like they're, like, giving a portion of their profits. They are not. They are literally selling you uh, money. for Right. Well, and, and, that, and that's what I was trying to say. If, if you're looking at this as, like – some sort of like a cool investment and you'll, you'll resell it again. 
you have to know that you're already you're starting out under or you're starting out paying over what it's actually technically worth you know gold wise silver wise or whatever it's made of you're you're above that price so you would have to you know so that's not really the reason to get it but i know people out there are immediately like oh i'll get that then i'll sell now you gotta you know you would have to hold on to it a bit longer than that you could take a picture of it and turn it into an nft and then you could sell that and and sell that and, and just put it away in your own private collection to say you own this. Yeah. I'm on your phone. my house. <laughs> but you know, you it, own it, it is it is literally like any collectible. And sometimes, you know, there are some that just take off and uh, continue to increase in value. And there are others that just kind of tank and die and it, you know, you kind of lose out. So you never know what you're kind of, you kind of roll in the dice with like, like, like I said, with most collectibles, you can end up being like, okay, this has a lot of value and this has like no value. And sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but well, I'll tell you, yeah, what it, have value. You, you really should. If you're going to get any of those collectibles, get it because you love it. Yeah. And you want not it. because you're, you're wanting to flip it. Well, I'll tell you what does have value. Uh, at least this last month is working for the Iowa Cubs. It had a lot of value because uh, after selling the Iowa Cubs, the owner gave employees $2,000 for every year they had been with the minor league baseball team for a total of $600,000 given away. His, uh, my jaw dropped. Team owner, and the headline is, team owner surprises workers with life-changing gesture. Like, if you've been working there for a year, it's not li- really life-changing. That's $2,000. Yeah, yeah, and you've got on on here, Danny, that the the largest amount was seventy thousand. So that's thirty five years. That's even seventy thousand as the most. That's not life changing. That's awesome. Yeah, but it's not life changing. Uh, Michael Gardner was the owner with a couple other people of the Iowa Cubs, and from all accounts, a really, really tr- beloved by his employees, uh, the players that came through. He was one of those guys that didn't cut anybody during the pandemic. Hold on. Uh, the, the Iowa Corey Club. F. wants to say, uh, I am sure the Ricketts would do the same. Yeah. <laughs> and this is your cue to laugh your ass off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, they're really, again, this is one of these guys that it, it's the same thing we talk about with the athletic, this consolidation where you have these conglomerates buying it up. And so good people like Michael Gardner and other people like that, you know, Hey man, they had not, you know, he's getting older. He had a chance to sell. He took it, but you're not going to find a cool owner like that. Like later, those guys are disappearing and they're getting bought out. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, the, the next group of people working there will not get $2,000 and, and they then, will hate it. <laughs> and then speaking of buying out and like things consolidating fanatics bought tops or just the, 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 they bought the name tops for baseball cards is what they bought for like, what, 500 million, 350 million. I mean, I don't know. Money's totally meaningless now. It doesn't matter. Three to <laughs> 500. It doesn't matter to me either. It's all the same really honestly at this point. Um, but uh, th- that seems like there'd be a lot of synergies with that. Operation. There is. And it, it does give some of us a little uh, cause for concern. I'm, Fanatics has gotten has kind of gotten their hands in a lot of different pies, and you talk about synergy. Uh, they, you know, they they've kind of taken the photo the photographs that used to be Photofile, and they kind of got into that. And Photofile's gone. It used to be a really cool place. You used to be able to buy photos really easy of your favorite players for like 
five bucks, a, uh, you know, photo, stuff like that. And so they're doing that. They're in the T-shirt game. They're doing the game use memorabilia. They're signing players for autographs, so exclusives. But in, in a way, it's, like, like I said, homogenized, kind of ruined a lot of things. Like now, you know, you'll, if you have, like, let's say an Anthony Rizzo signing, right, and you have a picture of you and Anthony Rizzo, that's not MLB licensed, so they won't sign it. Like shit like that, where all of a sudden you're just like, what the fuck? Like, who gives a shit? I'm paying for you to sign it. Sign the fucking photo. It's, but you know, got, it's just, they, they already sold that. They already sold that off of what they can and can't do. I right. know uh, Chris Bryant, uh, he's little and he signed something for my nephew when I did that event a couple of years ago with the Red Bull. He, you know, we had a red marker and he signed his ball. The kid probably already lost it and stuff. But like uh, he doesn't normally do that. He does it kind of under the table. He won't do that on a regular thing because he's already sold that off. What he will sign his game use stuff is all handled through a situation and so it you know as this stuff becomes more exclusive and what is the the these every asset class is totally out of control right now like whether it be a stock or a bitcoin or you know the the franklin mint or you know whatever is going on bobblehead prices like everything's ridiculous you know it feels like this is just more carving up of the bullshit to the point where I wonder if in the end you just end up with an emperor wears no clothes situation because there's so much of this shit out there and it just all of a sudden can't find as much of a market as it once did. And John Pink is I'm worried about the cards. They might go to shit. They don't care about the quality of the cards or the artwork or, or that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, and, and that, that is a concern. Yeah. And they, like Danny said, they did not buy tops. They bought the name tops. They did not buy the factories, the the uh, the infrastructure, any of that. They just so the company that owned Tops has like greeting cards, does card work, and does all that stuff and candy and all that shit. They still own all that. They bought the name Tops, so the cards will probably change because they're going to have to get different manufacturers. And yeah, it might not be as good. They'll, but, uh, they'll, they'll use the people that uh, do the baseballs. <laughs> I yeah, I'm I'm worried. You know those really shitty hats that they make. You know with like uh, Chicago style pizza on it and, and shit like that. Oh, they're We're gonna get that. like the the shitty bubble gum, and you're gonna be forced to eat a piece just to buy the hat or something like that. <laughs> now, uh, what you call it? Uh, the uh... Like fanatics, like I said, they got into the shirts and stuff like that, and the stuff is pure garbage. Like they don't fit right, and like they like you, you put them in the wash once, like half the colors fade off. It's just like the quality control is just crap. Yeah. So and and so if they don't have that in- infrastructure in place already, then it's you know now they bring on this whole other project and they don't have a quality control. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are. It'll be one of those dumb things where they fucking buy the name and then they contract with that company to just make the cards. Who owns Donruss? (laughs) That's what. That's my question. Who has Donruss right now? Oh, who's got Fleer? Donruss and Fleer. Yeah, I remember. Donruss was and Fleer were uh, big names back in the late '80s, early '90s. Donruss kind of was more popular than Tops for a moment there. Fleer was always kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the baseball card world. Oh, that's a Fleer, a Fleer Sandberg. (laughs) I'm not going to trade you my Donruss, Bill Madlock. I'll bet you spent four cents less for your Fleer. Yeah, 
Um, so uh, we're going to take it to commercial for a quick, uh, just another quick one. And then uh, we're going to uh, come back and take a look at our uh, chance for a chance. Once again, we're given, if you have not commented chance for a chance in the, in the chat, just do, hashtag chance is all you have to really put. And then you will be entered to win. We're trying something new tonight. So uh, here's a commercial for Sun Ranto swag, the t-shirt that's guaranteed to get you laid. Do you like having sex? Me too. That's why I always wear my Sunranto swag shirts every time I'm looking to get some. It's the only t-shirt guaranteed to get you laid. Knock boots in your shankless shirt. Bump uglies in a ranter long sleeve. Ride the skin bust at Tuna Town in a Dabbing Cubes fan shirt. Take gold one-eye to the optometrist in your bull penis awesome attire. Or smash pissers in a spagog shirt. Sunranto swag shirts are just like people. There are many different sizes and colors to choose from. Plus, at Sunranto's Swag Store, you'll find Vintage John Baker Day, Designated Hater, and Matt Camerer drawn rally titty designs on everything from shirts and hoodies to baby onesies, bags, and hats. Go to sunranto.com slash swag and check out all the sexy styles guaranteed to get you laid. You'll be stuffing the soft taco in no time. Sunranto.com slash swag. Guaranteed to get you laid. Wearing Sunranto Swag products not guaranteed to get you laid. Sunranto Swag is not responsible for your sex life. Sunranto Swag is for entertainment purposes only. So let's take a look at our giveaway tool here. Um, uh, what do we got? 11 entries to win the chance for a chance. Um, I'll share that there. 11. Okay. We will be drawing very shortly. Get ready. Um, so uh, speaking of uh, ways to make money that uh, are really easy, <laughs> uh, like selling you T-shirts guaranteed to get you laid, quote, unquote, um, I, I – I'm in my, I've started, I'm in the NFT business, fellas. I started NFTs and I, and I thought that maybe this could be a way we could branch out into the community, make a little money for the podcast, little beer money, little ticket money. And so uh, I, I asked you guys to make a few NFTs, see what we get out there. So I'll start, I, I made my first NFT ever and I, I got it here. Um, this is, I, I'm, I'm going with uh, Matt Kammerer's map. His situation where he draws on the maps, I was like, that is a hell of an idea. I'm going to steal it from him. So uh, here I did my own uh, Frank Schwindel map in honor of Frank (laughs) Schwindel going to Club 400. As you can see, that's Frank. He's holding a giant baseball. He's uh, on a map of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Blue eyes, which uh, I I didn't really check if he does have blue eyes, but he looked better with blue eyes. And he's got his Cubs hat there doing like kind of like the finger gun thing with the, the left hand. I and I think that, good. that NFT, that stands for what? Nice Frank the Tank? Yeah, Nice Frank NFT. the Tank. Um, yeah. uh, I, I think it actually stands for not fucking true. That's <laughs> yeah. what NFT well, <laughs> stands for. But uh, did you get a chance to make an NFT, Michael? I, I did. Uh, I jumped in. My NFT uh, stands for not for Todd. And there Ooh, it is. It's a, it nice. is a, a hot dog $20 bill. And as you can tell, that's ketchup. That's ketchup on that fucking hot dog. You know Todd puts ketchup on his hot dogs. You know Todd puts ketchup on his hot dog right before he throws them in the garbage. So that's nice. No, that wasn't. Didn't Todd end up paying for the hot dogs that he threw away? Was it just twenty bucks? I thought he gave more. I thought he reached in for like thirty-five or something. 
I don't know. I, you know, uh, they don't make a $35 bill, Danny. Yeah. It's and <laughs> they, they, hey, they might now with the mint going how it is, you can make an NFT a $35 well, and, bill. And, you know, we really shouldn't have Andrew Jackson on any, anything government designed. So that's we why couldn't. I threw the hot dog over there. Nice. Looks good. That not, I, I would pay like what, two, three F for that. Oh so, yeah. I'll, I'll, like you know what? Half a I'll give point. it to you for one F. In fact, why don't we give away I all don't these? Give things? an F. <laughs> yeah. Carly, you don't have an NFT? No, I don't have a fucking NFT. All right. Well, I made one for you. Ah, so damn it. I took I here's something that NFT people aren't doing. I'm always innovating on this show. What they don't do is take existing art and then draw on top of that art, making it new art. And then so it's like derivative. Which is not, it's art. called tracing. No, no, it's not what I did. I used, I, I, it was, this is all digital. You don't understand Bitcoin, dude. You don't understand the way things work now. So I made a coin. So I'm a doggy coin guy. Matt, Matt camera. Oh, dude, doggy coin ain't worth shit. Um, let me, it's, it's just a dog pile. Yeah, but I can afford it. Matt camera. He made a, uh, a, a professor, Kyle Hendricks, but it wasn't very good. I mean, Matt's good artist, but like maybe he's not done. Like, so I just kind of finished it for him and I did my own NFT professor. There he is. You can see I, <laughs> I took Matt Cameron's amazing Matt drawing. And then I, I put a, uh, like a, he had, he had left his pen on the side there or his marker, Matt. And I just put diploma on the marker. So now it looks like a diploma. And then I took a, I don't even know what that hat is called. The graduates wear the graduate hat. It's got to have its right. own name. Yeah, Crowley, what's that called? I don't fucking know. You work out of school. Yeah, dude, but look, look, there's there's a rule. No dough, no show. (laughs) So if you're asking me to he's never come across one of those hats. So if you're asking me to come in on a Saturday, am I getting paid? And if the answer is very simple, but the answer is no, then Crowley ain't there. Yeah, it's something board. Like I think it's something a mortar board. A mortar board? Yeah, I think that's yeah, it. Somebody, somebody comment in the chat if you know. It's a mortar uh, board, Ar- I think. Ar- a, mor- a mortar board is what my the guy used when he was, like, putting in the tile in my house. Yeah, John Vasky says mortar board. Um, yeah, Artie, oh, mortar board yeah. Artie Boucher had guessed cap. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Bernie Barron, uh, the Harry Potter? <laughs> like, yeah, Wait, what? <laughs> oh, it did look like Harry Potter a little bit. Oh, do you think I'll get sued for my NFT? Because he looks too much because I made Kyle Hedricks look like Harry Potter? No, you'll be fine because you didn't make him look like a girl. That's that's when she'd get upset. That's true. Speaking um, about upset, was anyone upset about the Ranter calendar vote? How did that go? Well, I was actually surprised. Uh, well, the, the Ranter calendar. So here's what's going on with the Ranter calendar. We don't know what's going to happen with the season. So I'm everybody's birthday that's in the Ranter calendar will remain the same, obviously. But the schedule may change and I was putting pictures together and I'm like, you know what? Do people really want this with a bum ass schedule in there? That's wrong. And I'm like, do I really want it with a schedule that's wrong? For me, I don't care. I don't tell the cup schedule by the rancher calendar. I tell people's birthday by the rancher calendar. So I was kind of like, so I voted yes, that I would make the rancher calendar now to go out. It's normal time in February, but um, most people voted. No, it was literally two to one said they want the real schedule in there. So I'm going to abide by that. And and I know a lot of people that are a Patreon subscriber at the $12 level get that Rancher calendar as part of their subscription to the Sun Rancher show. So it's coming. 
I got the Make- pictures. I'm going to put it together, but we're just going to wait. Maybe it's a month late. Maybe it's an 11 month calendar. And so I'll sell it for less. I don't know. Like uh, what I'll do. What but about this, Danny? Overlaps by a month. I don't know. You make, you make the calendar just like normal, but later we send out stickers and people can put it in themselves. Yeah. That's like the way more work for me. And no, <laughs> the only thing that I ask is that for my birthday month, this be the picture that's put up there. Oh yeah. I don't even remember taking that picture. <laughs> that was right after the peppermint Malort. Oh shots. yeah. Dude. I almost did a shot of Malort right before the show. And I, I stopped myself and you, you, you can thank me later. Oh, good. We got it. We got a green room after this. That's one thing I wanted to say is that right after the show, we're going to do a conversation on the green room app. We're going to keep doing that for a little bit while longer, at least the next month. And um, it, so join us afterwards. All you do is download the green room app, follow Sunranto show. You'll be notified when we go live in the green room app. Hopefully uh, it will work tonight. That's our, our goal. That's hopefully that's green rooms goal too. Uh, the unconventional people are asking me, uh, unfortunately, we couldn't book green uh, uh, G-Man because uh, somebody who works at G-Man on the day we were looking at, they're actually there's they're getting married and they're using the back room. And so that was the only really w- the weekend I could do. Uh, so it's just it's canceled in that way. I can't do it. But also, obviously, Omicron. Things aren't looking real good right now. Maybe it's not such a great idea to go out and get drunk all together in the room. But if you do feel like doing that, watch my Twitter feed. Maybe we'll see how things are looking next weekend. I know next weekend is actual Cubs convention weekend. Kind of maybe go down, have have a few down at Nisei Lounge. Let's just do a last-minute thing. People in the area, I'd love to see you if, if we can make it happen. <clears throat> I will um, be at Club 400. Uh, we are going to have Friday Frank night. Swindell out there. Frank, uh, Saturday. It's Friday night or oh, Saturday? Oh, it's Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, dude. Oh, I thought it was on Friday. No, I'm pretty sure it's Saturday. Oh, well, if it's Saturday, I definitely can't go because I was talking to Stuart about it, and I thought it was Friday. So Yeah, no, they can't do Friday because Frank has a late shift, Uber. <laughs> no, actually, uh, it sucks because Frank – Frank is going to be there, but uh, so Frank Schwindel is coming to Hoopstown, which I told you, a little awesome card shop, but in the middle of nowhere by Champagne. So Frank's doing that, and then he's coming straight up to – there's no way he's going to Club 400 Friday night and then getting to Hoopstown by 11 in the morning on Saturday. It ain't happening. Right, yeah. So if it's Saturday, well, that's great. Saturday night, uh, maybe I'll be out at Nisei Lounge. And maybe we'll do that Friday night. I don't know. Let, just watch my Twitter feed. Watch Crawler. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know what's going on. We'll put it on the Ranchers page and whatnot. Um, also, uh, the, one of the reasons I'm so busy right now is because I'm putting up this show. Hopefully that we can get this thing up. Uh, but uh, the Trapdoor Theater presents The Martyrdom of Peter O'Hay. And it is a farce. And uh, it's from it's uh, up, written by a Polish playwright named uh, I'm not even going to try Mroshek, I believe is the last name, but I don't know how to say the first name. And um, it's it's very funny. And uh, our good friend Dennis is one of the leads, our Cardinals fan friend. And I took this hilarious picture of him at him at rehearsal the other day wearing a mask I, I wore at the I won at the Golden Girls show. It's like this beak. So he plays <laughs> one of the leads of it. it anyway, he's he's a great actor. And definitely worth coming down and seeing it. Uh, the the uh, tickets are for sale at trapdoortheater.com. That's theater with the R-E because we're fancy like that. 
And uh, it's it's going to be a great show. I wrote a ton of circus music for it and jazz music for it. I'm putting the link in the chat right now. Uh, uh, Thursdays are two for one. I don't know what to tell you. So wear a mask, vaxxed only. Come on in, watch our show. It's uh, really good. And it's not long. It's just over an hour. So a couple songs in it. I think you'll enjoy. And uh, once again, uh, join us afterwards in the green room at Follow Sun Ranto Show. Um, I do have one last bit of uh, – ever you guys already gave your TFCs, right? Yes. No. Oh, you didn't. So why don't you give your TFC, Crawley, your, your flexing cube, and then we'll do – and then still, hashtag chance in the, cha- in the chat. So while I'm blabbing, um, you can go ahead and type in that chance here. Hashtag chance. Classic. Uh, hashtag chance. Paps Blue Ribbon, OPBR. Not drinking this January? Try eating ass. My mind is Jane Dangerous replies, PBR or ass? What's the difference? The PBR site says, ask your mom. Dude, <laughs> brilliant. I went out and bought a 30-pack of Paps right away after I saw that. And then they deleted the tweet. See, that's they, what's wrong with today. They should have doubled down and made mom jokes all day long and then acted like nothing ever happened. And you, and then, you know what's you know what's more amazing about that? That dude's mom used to date uh, Yelich. Now this was just adding on. Somebody afterward put Pat's blue ribbon. ribbon. <laughs> Pat's blue ribbon. <laughs> I like that. And then Pat's goes, "Yep." <laughs> so they were at it for a while before they someone someone finally took the car keys away from them. But yeah. uh, <laughs> the corporate was like, ah. So this one made Come me on. laugh a Pep's, lot. Pep's demographic. Come on. Yeah, that's so hilarious. Jose de Jesus Ortiz was writing. Uh, everyone knows Ryan Thibodeau from Not Mr. Tibbs, who's keeping track of the Hall of Fame balloting. And ballot number 54 came from a man named Michael Hunt. And he didn't vote for anybody being one of those assholes. So Jose de Jesus Ortiz writes, I don't know what's worse, the fact that he submitted this ballot or that I had to ask my wife and 18-year-old daughter why people were noting his name was Mike Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike Hunt. Always a good joke. <laughs> I love when people get that. Uh, I, 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 I love when you can get that by some people. You know, they, they forget about it. Uh, I got uh, just one last thing to kind of say about it, and this was a shock to me. You know, our friend Brandon Stahl, he was at the Cubs caroling event. Um, you know, he's been at a, been a lot of Bleacher Bum Band shows. He's a ranter. He posted this up on the ranters page, and it was Addison Russell. This was kind of a shock to me. I don't even know what to make of it, but Addison Russell was at Wrigley Field very recently, like within the last few weeks, uh, and he tweeted out, Christmas time is family time, hashtag you see it, hashtag blessed. And there he is at the rink at Wrigley Field, his girlfriend, I guess, or wife, or I, I haven't really kept track of Addison's love life. And I guess with one of his children, I only, I, I don't know if he has got multiple children. I think he does has he a does, couple yeah. kids. Yeah. So I don't know if that's, I don't know what's going on here, but he's with his family <laughs> at uh, Wrigley field. And I don't know. It seemed to me that, you know, Russell, like, you know, we don't like you. Right. I mean, like, you're going to get recognized. Like, what, is he coming back because he thinks, like, he might see Ricketts and Ricketts might be like, hey, let's give you a try. You know, he's trying to get a job or, like, 
the the Cubs need a shortstop, and uh, oh, Rick God, had seemed even... to hold with him longer than anybody else. I mean, oh my but, God! I mean, but honestly, you leave a job in such horrible circumstances. Are you ever going back there again? Like, you know what I mean? You've you worked a place for a while. Here... Things went really rotten, and then you're just going to show back up there because they had an ice skating rink in the parking lot. Uh, I mean, he does have some connections here in Chicago. He still has some friends and stuff around the area. So I'm sure he pops in and, you know, just doing the tourist thing. You know, uh, I have a feeling that Addison will kind of be, kind of be dipping his toes in the water. Uh, he's been playing down in the Mexican League. But, what you know, one of the big avenues for these guys to get money after their playing days, and I don't know how many playing days that Addison has left. He's trying. But, it, it you know, if you're not making it, in, you know, in some of these leagues, then – it's not Did he happening. Play in Korea for a he minute played too? in Korea and then he's most recently been in Mexico. Okay. And it's a weird one I, because I do a lot of stuff with memorabilia circles. There hasn't been a lot of signing. So like some people like kind of got on the bus late, like, okay, now I want to get this team signed. Well, now it's a lot harder because everyone's scattered the fuck everywhere and it's a pain in the ass. But Addison Russell is a tough one. And I've seen one person have him on a private signing. And then like all of a sudden everybody kind of gets very judgy. Like, how could you give him some money? Da, da, da. But that is going to be a big source of income for him in the future. Like that, same with the 85 Bears. Yeah. I'm fucking 45 years old. They won when I was like eight. And I still see these guys roll out every single November at the Chicago Sports Spectacular. It's a guaranteed source of income. So Russell, I think, is going to start kind of popping up more and more and trying to, hey, you know, a lot of time has passed. And look, this is a way for him to really make some money by signing his name, you know, getting – Five or six thousand dollars for two hours work for signing your name. I think he showed up talking about the shortstop job because he's not in the MLBPA anymore, hey, right? See. So he's in these other leagues. He's probably in there schmoozing, like, well, "Hey, you know." Uh, he's definitely going to keep playing as long as he possibly can, you know, in some capacity. So, and yeah, I think you're right, Crawley. I think that's a really good call. So let's uh, let's pick a winner, huh? Oh, oh, wait, actually, last uh, before I last uh, is it the and, last chance? This is the last chance. Get your chance last in. Chance, chance for chance. Last chance for chance. Type hashtag chance into the chat, and you could win a letter from me on this postcard. So, um, and also Bleacher Bum Band looks like we're booked April fourth, opening day. If it happens, I don't think it happens, but pencil it in. Okay, let's pick a winner. I'm gonna share my screen here. Now, this is cool. I haven't seen this happen yet. This streamyard actually draws the winner. So let's see what we get here. I'm going to draw the winner now. Look at that. Oh, look that's at those cool. names. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, isn't that neat? There we go. I see some Who familiar faces. Oh. 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 <laughs> oh, sorry, Maggie. Boy, that was fucked up. <laughs> it looked yeah, like it I thought Maggie that. was going to get it, but it was Artie. Artie's <laughs> the big winner. And you know what? This is Artie. You know, he puts out some really good karma. He, uh, let me put this up. One thing we're going to start again is the Patreon of the Month Club, where we pick a random Patreon patron every single uh, month. And this is going to be the prize uh, on February 1st. How funny would that have been if you would have chosen to give that away and he won it? (laughs) And then I just sent it back to him. (laughs) That would have been funny. No, uh, so anyway, this is our Patreon patron of the month. If you are a Patreon patron at the $5 level or more, you can win the, and let me tell the podcast winner w- listeners what I've got here. It's a Javier Baez Funko Pop 
number Ooh. 64 donated by uh Artie Boucher and I'm going to be giving this away uh at our first show in February to a Patreon patron who's at the $5 level or more that makes you eligible to win it okay um so that's our show we're going to be on the green room app this is our regular show and then we're going to head on over there so uh of course I think I've got to play Rob Manfred hates baseball until pretty much until we get some uh more positive news you're gonna need like a whole album of songs like this i am and where is it oh there it is all right well i'm out see you on green room see you on green room rob manfred likes opening days in winter likes baseball games that don't go on too long Rob Manfred likes more offense from the hitter. Likes juicing up the ball and hitting dogs. Intentional walks with just a finger. And old umpires are always blowing calls. Likes a National League But one thing Manfred hates. Rob Manfred hates baseball. Rob Manfred likes a pitch clock for the pitches. Sending the ball, dragging forward stitches. And half the team's making the playoffs. Rob Manfred likes pitchers who face three batters. And not paying minor leaguers at all. Like the catch so block the plate. But one thing Manfred hates. Rob Manfred hates baseball. Houston Astros cheat. He likes how ticket prices keep the fans out. And axing teams out of the minor leagues. Rob Manfred's gonna bring us robot umpires. To tell C.B. Buckner that he's been wrong. He likes putting money in the bank. But one thing Manfred hates. Rob Manfred hates baseball. Let's punch it in the face. Rob Manfred hates baseball. He's one got a bank. Rob One more brief interruption. Uh, please become a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. It's a dollar. You can give us more, of course. And there's perks at every level. You can get the calendar. You can join our Discord. Uh, you can. Uh, we're going to do an extra show coming up in the season, so that's going to be part of it. Uh, there's perks at every level. You know, here's the thing. We are a small mom-and-pop Cubs podcast. It costs money to keep the show on the air. It takes us a lot of time to make the show good. So I would love it if you would become a part of that and support us at patreon.com slash sunranto so we can keep independent Cubs podcasting on the air and not have to, like, you know, bow to the marquee network by trying to work for them or something. You know what I mean? So support us, patreon.com slash sunranto, and I'll be forever grateful the right thing to do support live pub cub podcasting oh man i screwed it up i don't care i'm leaving it in back to the 
conversation. What you are about to hear was recorded on the Spotify Greenroom app. And it's a conversation we have every single week with you uh, on their platform where we can reach out to you, other fans, athletes, insiders. Anybody can join a room. And uh, it's kind of like talk radio, but except for it's an app. And we all hang out together. And it's community-based and it's social media-based. And here's what you do. You download the Spotify Greenroom app on the, you know, any app store. And then... You follow Sunranto Show, and then after you follow Sunranto Show, you'll be notified when we go live, and we usually go live right after our live show. So why don't you do just do that? Spotify Green Room app, come join us. You can hang out with us, talk with us, give us your spiciest takes. Um, Spotify Green Room, they're a sponsor of the Sunranto Show, and uh, we appreciate the hell out of them. Okay, here's our conversation. Hello. Hey. Testing one, two. Testing three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. Anybody in here? Oh, we got Robert Sanchez, John Vasky, Corey Furlong, Artie Boucher, the big winner, and uh, Bernie Barron. Hey. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, congratulations. And and I already totally deserved to win that. As I said, he's... Not only did he uh, give me that Funko Pop, but he also gave me a uh, another Funko Pop of uh, Dorothy from the Golden Girls. Oh, hilarious! And if you threw, hey, yeah. you know I forgot. Uh, oh, right, yeah, R.I.P. Uh, Betty White. But, yeah, that's sad. It's not you, sad. She's ninety nine fucking years old. She was like two well, weeks I, from it, being a hundred. But that's the thing, dude. I forgot somebody, and I was going to send it to Danny for a TFC, possibly. Someone had something hilarious. I think it was uh, the notorious LEX, uh, Lexi, uh, who put down something like, when I get to be 99, nobody mentioned 100 like a fucking no-hitter. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. They, yeah, because uh, People Magazine put on that she was 100 years old. Right. They, yeah, had, they, sister... they had this whole thing set up for her, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it at my I saw it at my sister's house. She had a People magazine sitting there, and it said uh, Betty White, a hundred years old. And I was like, so when she died, and I found out she wasn't a hundred, I was like, what the hell's going on? I feel like I'm in an alternate reality. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was, I mean, but it's just the thing that's sad to me is that uh, it, there are no more people like Betty White that we love as much as her that exists you know what i mean that's like so collectively appreciated and loved i can't i can't think of a single other person right you know off the top of my head i'll give you one uh tom hanks uh i don't know i don't know dude who hates tom hanks nobody i don't like tom hanks as much as betty white i don't think he's become beloved like she was yet i mean i'm sure when you get older i don't I, i don't know any single person that's had a bad thing to say about tom hanks Hey, I just I just let Artie into the room. Artie, come gloat about your victory. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I took a chance. I had to uh, for the win. So you took a chance, and uh, you know now you can join Abba too. Take a chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. Hey, I've got a Tom J- uh, Tom Tom Hanks joke. Okay, do you hate Tom Hanks, Artie? No, no, no. So, um, <laughs> so the, the the joke is as uh, uh, you know. Uh, 
Oh, God, what is it? Uh, I forget. Uh, You're terrible at jokes, Artie. Come on, man. <laughs> it, it goes along that why no, nobody hates Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. And so uh, the, the joke is, well, why did uh, why did the nun uh, uh, punch or, or why did Tom Hanks punch the nun? Punch the nun is because well, nobody hates Tom Hanks. Oh, so, how beloved he is. Wait, what? <laughs> I, probably, I, probably was, I probably screwed it up. Or what did or what did the nun do or something like that? Why? Yeah, I, I forget what it is, but it's something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> the, the telling of that joke was hilarious, I will yeah, say. I totally Artie, screwed. have you ever considered stand-up? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, seriously, congratulations on winning, Artie, and because it's so well-deserved. You've been you know, part of the Sunranto show for so long. You know, you go way back to before when the Cubs even won the World Series, and we all met through IBNV and Corey and all them, and like – you know, you've just been such a support for so many years of participating in everything that we do, whether it be the caroling or the, you know, so the events or like hanging out. Like, you know, I know you and Michael caught a lot of games, too, you know, out in, when uh, he was living in Colorado. But just like, you know, just like when I saw your name win, I was like, I was like so happy. Not that like anybody else would have. I would have nice things to say about them, too. But like, you know, specifically you, Artie, it's just like. You know, you've been around uh, one of one of the longest. So, congrats! And how how apropos that it was Javi Baez Funko Pop because that was the the game that we all caught together. Oh yeah, his that was his uh, debut in Colorado. Yeah, so 2014. So yeah, that's a while ago now, eight years. And so we we've been at this a long time. It's like you know they're doing that 10 year challenge. Did you guys do it? No, what's I don't know what that is. It's you post a picture of yourself from t- ten years ago, and then put a picture of yourself now, kind of like a New Year's Day thing. I think is was the idea. But I've aged a lot, especially the last three years. I'm like, I got those like white Uncle Fester things on the side of my head now, like by my temples. So you know, I didn't have those ten years ago. Didn't have those when I met you, Artie. <laughs> Yeah, the, um, people have, I posted mine and people say I haven't changed it a lot. The only thing I've noticed is just the white hair in the beards, you know, that kind of thing. But other than that, you know. Well, you not, keep not your lot. head, sh- you keep your head shaved all the time, so yeah. it's hard yeah, to like, were, see the gray hair there. Yeah. Yeah. If you're already bald, then you can't tell you're balding. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you me. hair. Look at somebody <laughs> like uh, Patrick Stewart when he first started to start the next generation. He looks very similar and that was 24 years ago yeah that dude well that dude has either been old forever or he's aging gracefully yeah well catman said because i i really noticed uh recently that i was kind of like losing it up the middle the hair because my hair was long and it made it actually look me look balder with long hair if that makes sense because you could see straight through it and i was like (laughs) oh my god i'm balding and I'm like, what should I do? I'm like, what is a good haircut for a balding man? And almost everybody who is bald without fail, including Dave Kaplan, David Kaplan was like, um, you just shave that shit. Like, you just, you're done. It's over. So like, quit holding on to the past. The longer you, you know, prolong this. But then a couple of people were like, Propecia. And I'm like, ah. You need to expensive. do that shit before it's gone. Like, you, like that's, that's the, the kicker for that stuff i think 
I think you just have to guess that you're going bald and then start Wait, taking this it. Is, this conversation is doing wonders for uh, MLB's median age, huh? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, my is, God, yeah. This well, is, you don't even want to know what I did this week, which would would which would which uh, hurt it even more. So, What'd you do? Uh, I, didn't I tell you earlier? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I had a colonoscopy. My first oh. one, because I'm... I'm old. I had a colonoscopy on on Tuesday. That's it was awesome. Was that when they do the Moon River? It, it, yes, it is. And Moon uh, River. But yeah, you're. They put you. They don't put you completely under. They give you the shit. It's good, man. It's it's like what are the drugs they give you? Wonderful. It's so good that you don't notice that they're shoving stuff up your butt. That's how good that shit is. Whoa. But what's terrible is the like the week before you have to start going on diet restrictions, and then the night before they give you like this gallon jug of shit that you have to drink, and all it does is make you shit out everything inside your body. My understanding is they're they're changing that actually a little bit now. Well, I I missed the change. <laughs> Mike, Michael's going old school. We got Corey Furlong in. We got Corey Furlong in the room. Are going to talk about your colonoscopy and uh, keep exactly. our, I, no, he's, he's in to talk about being bald, right? You, you, the bald. you have the nice, uh, smooth head. I, um, I heard the prep for that is worse than the actual. Process. Yes, one hundred percent. The prep is the bad part. I will, the I will be having that this year, and I'm not looking. Yeah, I, well, you know, speaking of Tom Hanks, apparently Tom Hanks, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and maybe one other person, they actually get together the night, like, they get together the night before they have to start that. So they, they get together, they have a really nice dinner, and then the next day they get up and they go through their the whole day before process before, and then they go in together to get their colonoscopies. I heard that. No, Michael, we're not going to do that as a show. <laughs> don't even try. Swing, don't even try swinging that, dude. I, I, I wasn't even thinking of that. Uh, it's, 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 it's the Ranter annual colonoscopy. <laughs> I only have three bathrooms, so I hope you guys. Work <laughs> I think funny. we could probably start. Now we're talking about marquee type sponsorship. What is that shit that they do? Uh, the 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 Prevagen. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh man! So start getting the, the 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 shit for old school. We'll get some boner commercials, where 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 we're like throwing a baseball through a tire. Well, and is there anything more? Uh, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. They didn't they didn't open me up that much, Crowley. There we go. All right. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> See, now you got yourself a show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you when, said the uh, sponsorships are all over on that one. Well, well, the, the thing is, like, if that's that is the main issue with the, uh, you know, the age demo, aging demographic of baseball fans is that's those are the commercials you end up with because like. Other people like Pepsi, the choice of a new generation isn't showing up because, you know, they, they might make an old lady Pepsi commercial with that she goes with the grandkid. But like, that's about it. You know, it's, it's like the real money is um, in the youth because you're getting 
well, a a lot more disposable income before you've got you before you're worried about saving for retirement or maybe have a kid and stuff like that's why it's like the money situation. But like other than that, you're just selling freaking boner pills. And I don't know what, you know, injured in an accident. Have you been injured by this drug? Like, you know, like that kind of thing. So, I mean, it is a little like disconcerting that, you know, I mean, it's listening to our conversation that maybe that is what MLB is going to be stuck with unless they figure you know, something else out. <laughs> you know, Danny, they, they, they all talk about it's the game. The game is too slow. The game is, well, part of the reason is that when you tune in and, and the announcers talk about how bad the game is, that's terrible. Who's the, uh, Crawley, who's the guy on the John Smoltz, John Smoltz. Fucking worst person to ever have on the biggest games because all he does is complain about the game. Right, you know? and, and and everyone here that's listening for the most part uh, fell in love with the game because of Harry Carey and the amount of joy that he brought to broadcasting the game. Well, and 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 we like our local guys. We nobody likes the national guys like we all and, and even if you like them you probably don't like them as much as your local guy you know what i mean the guy you listen to every day i don't like my local guys for my lo- the local team here but well your local team know. is yeah i agree i guess i guess you're right but but okay so Artie, they suck for sure but are they as bad as i mean if you had to choose between a Rod and those guys. Who are you gonna take? Uh, you know, I I would take those guys just because they try a little bit better. It's not more. It, with A Rod, it's a lot of for me. It's a lot of eye rolling. It's like, what the hell did you just say? Yeah. You know. Well, you know, the one thing I always wonder about, and especially like when, like, say, like the Cubs were in the World Series and stuff. Uh, it, I think it is the March Madness tournament that, especially when you start getting to the end they have like multiple broadcasts. So like, let's say it's Illinois, University of Illinois versus uh, LSU. Like one channel will be the national guys, one channel will be the LSU guys, and one will be the U of I guys. You know, and so like, I don't understand why they can't do something like that. They have the deals with all the different stations. Why not let the guys that know the teams like, you know, I bet you that would, I don't know. I don't get that. Well, back in the, back in the day that I was approached – I mean, it was just us and IBM that were uh, doing the Cubs podcast. And I was approached by an app maybe in like 2013 or 2014, right around there, to call to basically do my own call of the baseball game. And I did it with um, Gary Damico, our Indians fan friend and my old keyboard player. Um, And he. He he and I sat there. We played like bad teenage mustache songs, my old band, and then we would call some of the game, and then we'd uh, play some more songs and stuff. And the idea and was that we would be calling this game, and people could just listen to us as their alternative broadcast. Which we were like, "How are we getting away with this? Isn't it a rebroadcast of the written accounts of this game is prohibited kind of rule situation?" But I think that is where we're heading, and like I'm kind of thinking that that app was a little bit ahead of its time. It's and still you, there, that app. I was in that too. I did that, and I did the. I even re, I, I called the game seven World Series when they replayed it. Yeah, what was it? What's the name of the app? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they still send me emails and shit all the time. Oh yeah, wow! I think it. 
Um, well, we're going to do that, uh, you know, as we expand this Sun Rancho thing into 2022, if we get baseball, I would really like to do that for the Patreon. This is a reason to be in the Patreon. You can get access to our Discord server, and we can actually broadcast the game over the Discord server and call the game. So then there wouldn't be that, like, delay. You know what I mean? Like, because everybody would be watching the same thing. Now, that's not something we could do for money or put out there for everyone, but in the Patreon sort of thing, it's like a closed group. It would be fun to do. Cotton Manfred would be over your shit in five minutes. He'd be well, shutting you down so fast. Well, Man- yeah, Manfred I, loves me. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I think I think they would shut it down on the Discord. I, I think it would be difficult to broadcast the game, but I think you could definitely host something like g- game chats, like where where you would be like a live chat where you're like hanging out with your friends watching it. And we kind of have already done that, like on Facebook and, you know, on, on uh on different servers like we try everything that goes out there but like the fact of the matter is is that i feel like the broadcasts itself is being kind of um i don't know like you like carl you just said harry carries the reason like we're all into this and one of the main reasons we're all cubs fans but if you start taking away the kind of the specialness of like having the one person that you're so used to their voice. Well, then you're just kind of diluting that product in a way where, you know, like they have the Manning cast or you can listen to the regular guys or, you know, I, and the alternative broadcast, you know, Spanish language broadcast is a big thing, you know, so now we have the ability to tune into other teams broadcasts. Like if you can add to that, like here's the Rick Sutcliffe, uh, Feed where you oh just hear God, Rick Sutcliffe be watching the, worst the game. One. Yeah, him and uh, there's just him and Steve Trout sitting there talking. I don't know, like, guys. I might listen to that one. Oh my God, I hated listening to I'm him saying. and Shiambi. But that's what I'm saying. Like it, maybe you don't care about watching because everybody's watching the same game. You know, like it, you don't necessarily need to have them tell you what's happening. Like if, the radio is a different thing. That's you know you need the description. But on TV, like you're just watching it, and you could be saying whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting yeah. at a bar. Hit that, hit that SAP button on your TV and hit, listen to it. Ratner, Ratner, knees. Yeah. I would tell yeah. you that that uh, that that Sutcliffe tells some great freaking stories, and like Danny's saying is like, you know, basically, you know, the radio because I listen a lot to radio broadcasts, especially because I drive up to Wisconsin and other places, or even when I'm in Wisconsin, I'm outside on the pier. I ain't got no TV up there. I just got a little transistor radio, you know. And but like on the TV, you can kind of get away with some of that stuff a little bit more. But I think that Sutcliffe, if he was doing it full time, Cubs would be hilarious. I so Sutcliffe does have good stories. It's just not what I want to see on the game. I actually want the people that are calling the game for me to be paying attention to the game. Like that's what I'm looking for. I want. I hear you. But, well, that, you can, but that's the idea of the alternative broadcast. You could have people that do that, and other people would listen to Boog, and then other people would, you know, you could have the different people, yeah. Like, right? Yeah, different, no, different strokes for different. Like if folks. you could, like if and, you could choose, Michael, who would you choose? I well, oh shit, I don't know. If I mean, you're talking it, it, about just describing a game, it's Pat Hughes, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and and when he's on TV, he's even better because he doesn't have to stop every four seconds for a commercial. Right. Um, and, and and even when Harry Carey was on there, you remember 
there's a lot of times where there were stories or he was the old cigar bit or the, yep. uh, God, what were the other ones that, he, you know, Hey, it's John Sweeney from Palatine, longtime cup, you know, like a five minute, like random. But he always, he thing. always had Steve to, to sort of still pay attention to the game, you know, like, <laughs> which, which was funny because normally it's the other way around, right? It's, uh, it's Len calling the game and JD, the old player, giving the color. But with with Harry and Steve, it was like flip-flop because Harry would just say whatever the fuck he wanted to say and Steve would be like, well, you know, this is what's going on in the game. Right. It was well, interesting. I love, I love being at a bar with friends talking about what's going on with the Cubs, what's going on with the team, while having the game on with no sound on at all. And I think that there's that I'm not the only one that feels that way. So if like, you know, like our discord server is something like that, we all kind of have the game on. I don't need to be like, there's a bouncer to wisdom at third and he tosses across. Like we're all watching that. You know what I mean? It's like we can all have it on like multiple screens at once. And then it's more about like how we're talking about it going on and what it means. And so then talk about wisdom and his fielding or his arm or, you know, as, see, and as then a, in, in, in there, you're talking about like a game watch. And, and I agree with you. Dude. We've, we've, super fun. we've reinvented hanging out. And then now it's just like on TV. It's not like rocket science here. It's what people have been doing forever, but just because there's so much access to everything. It's like, you know, I know we have this conversation sometimes, you know, about Sun the Sun Ranto show. It's like easy to be, caught get caught up into the news and like oh they got this prospect oh they they got this they picked this guy up off the waiver wire and like it's easy to get caught up in the minutia of the news but then you and then we're like we, we always have to remind ourselves eh, we're not a news show <laughs> you know we like we get there way past the news being done you know what i mean it's more of us to like hang out and be fans and like you know, be excited about that news or be down on the news or like, it's what our personal uh, reactions to it too. And also to let the ranters rant as well and give the fan a voice, you know, and that's, I think where we come in and that's where I think, you know, Crawley, you, I know you've talked to different people at different news outlets about that. There should be a fan driven show. It's kind of like what I was with outside the Ivy, would you say that they're kind of scared of that? Oh God, yeah. They don't. It's a, they wouldn't even let Harry Carey call games if he was still alive today. It'd just be too too risque, too many problems. But yeah, they don't want that kind. They they they, they want to control the message. Obviously, I mean, you just saw it with what we were talking about with Ken Rosenthal. I mean, you can be as respectful as you can, and Ken, you know, is a respectful guy, and he'll call it like he sees. We you know, he's not a a troublemaker or a rabble rouser or anything like that. And so, no, they don't want they they want to control the message. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, Carly, I think you're exactly right on that. And, and in controlling the message, what they do is they shut down on the things that are actually could grow the game. You know, like the idea, we, we know that there are Cubs fans and there are Braves fans all over this country because of WGN and TBS, right? Mets. Mets, yeah. Like, because those were nationally broadcast all the time on their specific station. Um, And now they're getting away from that. Like, they just continually get further and further from that because they want to control the message more. Like, the Cubs want their own 
network so that they get more of the money and all this stuff. But then they make it actually harder for anybody to watch the game. And again, and that seems to happen everywhere. And they don't understand that these things like Danny's talking about opening it up, having lots of different places, those places get less, I guess, money or eyeballs because the, the eyeballs are diluted, but it allows for more total fans to watch the game, but they would never see it that way. The other thing, and this is where we talk about the NBA jumping and leapfrogging over MLB. You can get something in the NBA that's called, it's called the fast pass, right? And they won't give you every single game, every single team, but they'll say pick your five teams that you want to be able to watch. Regardless of where you're at, Correct. right? Regardless of where you are geographically, it doesn't matter. You just, here, here's your five flash pass, whatever. And, uh, fa- you know, fast pass, I forget what they call it. But, but like, so like, let's say like, Let's say you are one of those people. Like we know people that are like, like for me, like when I don't pay attention, I don't have an AL team. I don't pay attention really to what other teams are doing. I don't give a shit if the White Sox are good or bad. I don't watch them. You know what I mean? That's just is how it is. But I know other people that are just fans more of baseball, whereas I'm more of a fan of the Cubs. You get what I'm saying? And so like there's other people that could definitely just kind of tune in and watch the teams that they would be interested in. So like take my brother, you know what I mean? Like he's in Colorado. If he had like that pass, he could watch the Rockies and the Cubs, you know? And I'm, so, I'm looking at the, the NBA style here. Um, 174 for league pass premium, hundreds of live games, no commercials. That's 174. Um, and that's right now, obviously the season's already started. Um, now, but then check this out for 139, you can get the league pass and uh, they've got a different kind of set of things. And then you can also have a team pass where you just choose one team. And But that one's got blackout. And But they all say blackout restrictions. So maybe that's for – would that be maybe for um, uh, national games? Maybe it's for the national games because they, yeah. they still have to do that. But I, I'm curious about it because, like, I don't watch NBA, but, you know, if, they, if, if I could get a free trial, I'd check it out, you know. Here's the other thing, too, about sports. So they think, you know, like what you just said, like you pay the $174, and the big uh, selling point is like no commercials, right? Well, when you're watching baseball, what the fuck else is happening during the commercial? When they go to the – when you're watching MLB TV and it just goes to that, like, MLB screen – and nothing happens for the next five minutes while the commercials are on. They act like that's what nobody like. Nobody gives a shit. Sports kind of has to have commercials. Like I don't want the commercials if I'm watching a TV show because all of a sudden I just cut that TV watching down from thirty minutes to twenty two minutes, and I can get through a couple before you know. I don't want commercials then. Well, it's all about the in game, and those are even worse, I think. You know, as opposed to an actual commercial break where you understand that you're gonna like you to be sold a car and some insurance and See, whatever, they and should, you go get a beer and whatever. You know, they need to be selling those on these pay channels. Like I pay a hundred and whatever you pay a hundred and sixty for the MLB TV, and instead of the MLB TV thing coming up. They're doing commercials for fucking Amazon or Walmart or whatever, the national chains. That's just another revenue stream that they could have 
Because well, it, it does nobody any good to see just the blank MLB guy screen. Coming well, back it, in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, ex- access, access to the product should be expanded. I mean, that much as we all agree on. And, like, I think about the idea uh, that if we were to go on our Discord and stream the – the stream of the Cubs game and talk about it while it was going on, how fast Discord would shut us down or whatever, uh, it, or MLB would sue us or whatever was going on. Now, meanwhile, we're all we're trying to do is create interest in what we're interested in, which is the Cubs game and hanging out, watching the Cubs game. We're trying to enjoy ourselves watching the Cubs game and the people who are giving us the thing that we enjoy are telling us you cannot enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it. And, and we're trying to create community around that thing that they're trying to sell thing, to us. Which is only better for us because who doesn't want to be in a community? Oh, the ranchers. Oh, those guys are fun. They have a big party. They go caroling every year. They got on the Correa's Twitter feed, feed. You know, like it's just like that's what all we're trying to do is have a good time watching the Cubs, have a few parties, you know, hang out, you know, go to some games like that's all we're trying to do we're like a baseball fan club of the cubs and they're and they're gonna and meanwhile we could be selling jerseys for we could be selling hats you know just by tweeting stuff out we could have like a direct link to we could have a direct link to an mlb shop yeah well we do kind of but like we're trying our own piece of it we're like i'm I'm saying within eight percent of your purchase you know what i mean right within a game while you're watching a game oh yeah no and they could just give we could do that in exchange like old barter, like we will do commercials for your dumbass freaking backwards sea hat if you let us stream this game on Discord. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so, I don't know. It's, so uh, it's, again, it's, it's they, just a shame that they don't let you have access to their product in the way that you actually want to consume it. That so they want th- this are, it's, is, it's like social engineering. This is like again the NBA. The NBA was very welcoming of allowing, especially popular Twitter sites for the NBA to use you know, short videos, less than two minutes. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you remember this, but Rob Friedman, who's everyone knows as a pitching ninja, he got a cease and desist and, and all sorts of problems from baseball. And it wasn't until that MLB got such blowback from their own people because pitching coaches used to love to watch his stuff and be like, look, I want to see that. I want to, you know, you know, and people finally got so upset that they came to a deal that allowed pitching ninja to, show the videos that he was showing. So MLB was trying to prevent a guy like Pitching Ninja who was showing like cool things and getting people interested to the game. They were ready to shut him down, no problem. Yeah, well, Cubscast got shut down, the original Cubs podcast. Yeah, and what's amazing about all this is that they will spend 50 grand on their lawyers to shut your ass down when they could have spent $1,000 to have you just not complain about them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're putting the shit out there. You're already doing everything. They could have so many people on the payroll, just literally paying them off, paying off their silence. Kind of, or, I mean, you wouldn't even have to do that, but like, so pitching ninja, right? He's doing that for free already because he's got a brand associated with it or whatever. And they want to bring in their own guy to do that so that a third-party person isn't doing it. But what they could do, they could pay Pitching Ninja half 
maybe a quarter of what they'd have to pay another person to create all that shit. Yeah, they and he'd be happy hired. as fuck to get it. He's like, oh, yeah. that's a that's an extra bunch of money for me. They they could have hired pitching ninja. I don't know what pitching ninjas Rob's uh, we should just call it Rob Freeman. What is uh main job is like i don't know if you know if he's got another gig going on as like his day job but um yeah mlb should have just hired him to do that and then he would uh sell a ton of jerseys and make and be blowing up some of the best pitchers in the game by showing how amazing they are which mlb does not do rob was doing something that they didn't do they should have just bought him here rob here's sixty five thousand dollars a year you now work for us making these videos oh it it wouldn't even take that great because he was already doing it for free, they could have gone so low with that I number. Know. Like sixty-five grand is like what a person could make starting out doing that shit. He was already doing that at a super high level, and they could have done it for twenty grand. Yeah, well, they're used to getting their labor for free. Look at the minor leagues. So yeah, exactly. You know, they don't want to pay, but uh, you know, most of them aren't bonus babies. What I'm curious about, like to put a question out to the the people in the in the room and in the chat. Like, Artie said they could have gotten them for $6,900. <laughs> nice. But uh, what I'm curious about is what other kind of broadcasts like people would be interested, like alternative broadcasts, like, you know, what would you like to, what would you like to hear? Like They would did you... start doing that with uh, StatCast. Yeah, what was that about? I mean, I, who was on that, though? Was it just a... Uh, like nerds, <laughs> like, like the wind is approximately. Was it like listening to air traffic control at the airport? The wind is at approximately ten miles. Um, per I don't hour think they took themselves as seriously, but they did definitely. You know, uh, it was definitely more geared towards stat head. But that should, but you know, that's a great idea. And unfortunately, I feel like that's the way they're going. Corey Furlong, I saw you unmute. Hey, yeah, no, like the Manny cast, you know. For Monday Night Football, I mean that that's fun, you know, and you know, informative as well. You know, they got a couple. Obviously, the you know Peyton and Eli, and they have guests on one per quarter. I think that is. I mean, I, I've watched that more this year than I have the which, regular Monday Night broadcasts. Which two Cubs, or th- like th- two or three Cubs, would you pick to have like the alternative Cubs game broadcasts? Uh, Sutcliffe, um, Eckersley when he was drinking and <laughs> Eckersley when he was drinking. Great answer. Oh my God. It would be uh Sutcliffe and Eckersley both drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Crawley, who would you, you use? Definitely Sutcliffe would be in there and I would, oh boy, who else would you say? How about Fergie? No, he's he's really kind of dry. He's, he, he's so he's, weird, though. Right. You know I, what I mean? He's, he's so Canadian in that way. Right. To me, I really I need somebody that's going to entertain me and make me laugh and all that stuff. And and Sutcliffe does it. Uh, you know, you, you you know, I know that uh, another one is, is David Ross was good at it. Um, it's it's got to be like, you know, you yeah, Baker have, would be great you got to have a guy that can still tell stories and kind of give you some inside information. You know, Grace, I think does a good job. Just, I, I, I'm not a big man, a fan of three man booths. I've talked about that before. And, and, and again, like 
I think that when you do those broadcasts, it takes a while to develop a rapport and rhythm. And so if you have a guy that comes in once every month, you just it throws things off. Well, the biggest thing is you, you got to, you know, have a guy that's going to do play by play and a guy that's going to do the color. And then those two people have to be able to um, cohesive together to, to make a great broadcast. Yeah, Artie, Artie is 100 percent correct. It, it really has nothing to do with anything except for the relationship that you're listening to in the booth, because if they don't mesh, it doesn't really matter if. Both of them can be great, but they don't mesh, so the whole thing is terrible. And I, I don't think – I mean, I'm talking like a completely separate broadcast, like kind of like the Manning cast. So like the regular broadcast is up, Boog JD is on there. And then on Marquee, Marquee 2.0, <laughs> uh, they got, you know, three players on there, you know, talking about whatever, maybe guests – one every three innings. Robert Sanchez has an interesting one. He has Sutcliffe, Maddox, and DeRosa. See, still three, <laughs> a three-man booth is terrible, but I I don't, I don't know about DeRosa. I, I haven't heard him talk too much. Maddox uh, is, is a crazy person, so that's always fun. DeRosa does a lot of national broadcasts. So. Oh, does he? Yeah, he yeah. does a lot. And then, uh, you know, uh, John Pincus has a good one, uh, a Spanish broadcast, Stropy and Friends. I'm going to say Stropy and Z. Oh, I actually would like to hear Stropy and Z. That would be interesting to, to hear their, their perspectives a little bit. But you got to get a hitter in there. So, you know, you get, uh, you know, maybe uh, Sosa and Zambrano. <laughs> they they fight on air. Yeah, Sosa would just talk about himself. <laughs> That's true. I would say, yeah. God, I'm trying to think of a really fun Spanish hitter that's interesting. What about uh, somebody like uh, Moises Salou? Eh, he's kind of dry. You ever oh, see man. his Twitter account already? It's Bible verses every day. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> well, you know, and I don't mind. I don't know. Um, dry can be okay. Again, you pair them with somebody who's not so dry, and if they have a good rapport together, then it then it can work. Um, I am still. I don't know who I would like to do it because I I want whatever is happening to still be talked about, right? Because it I I hate stories. And I hate interviews and I hate all these things that are going on. That's not the game. You know what I mean? Like uh, these guys, I'd be happy to listen to, you know, Sutcliffe talk about different things and tell some stories. If it was germane to the game that I was watching, you know what I mean? Like if, if he's talking about something the pitcher is doing and then relates that to something that he did or happened to him, I'm great with that. It's when he talks about what he and Shambi did during the national broadcast 10 years ago. And it has nothing to do with anything. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, you had to be there story. And that is what drives me insane. 
John Son? Pincus has the Spanish hitter, Alfonso Soriano. <laughs> so Alfonso oh, I wonder, Z. Again, that's another one. That, like, I, I have heard Z speak. I think he is an interesting character. I don't know what Soriano is like. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think... I think you're onto something there, uh, whoever brought up Zambrano first. Uh, but, yeah, find somebody to match him up with. And maybe... Pink has brought up Stropy and someone else. I threw Z in, and then we said a hitter, so that's where Soriano came from. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, Stropy seems... He seems interesting, too. But, I ha- again, I haven't heard him. I've seen him um, cutting up and making jokes and stuff, and it's great. But I haven't heard him, like, he so again he's not really comfortable with his English. So Zambrano's right. English is better than um, Z's or yeah or better than Soriano's. But like yeah, the broadcast would have to be in Spanish. See, and and, and that would be fine. I'm 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 good with that. I wouldn't be able to understand it necessarily. But if you could throw a closed captioning on that shit, like I would. I would 100% tune into that, I think, because I think that those guys would be interesting. And the Latin American perspective on the game, I think, is is sorely lacking in booths for every team. So I just kind of I looked this up, and it talked about the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. So they had the regular shitty one on ESPN. Oh but on ESPN2, it was Jason Benetti and Eduardo Perez. And everything was driven by data and information from stat class, including custom videos, graphics, as well as expert analysis and commentary. So I watched it a couple of times. I remember watching that. And w- what they end up doing is, yeah, like all of a sudden, let's say it's an amazing defensive play. Like they'll show you how fast, like the guy, how much ground he covered in X amount of time. And, and there were some like cool things. I remember watching it and being impressed with it. Just different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it, and I think stuff like that is cool. Um, John Vassett, I, what, I, what I don't like is when they when they try to do it for every play. You know what I mean? Like there has to be some sort of context. Like it's it's annoying when they literally just show you uh, like this launch angle, this speed, blah blah blah, but there's no context to it. Right. No, no, no. There's context to everything that they did. Like, like, so yeah. like, let's say there's a ball and it's just like a guy makes an amazing jumping catch. You know what I mean? They'll tell you like, you know, that ball is extra base hits 85% of the time. Something, 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 that kind of stuff. Uh, Vasky writes, uh, Bill Sugis, myself and Brian Kenny. The whole show would be Bill and I continuously telling Brian how much advanced stats suck ass. <laughs> Right, and there, but there is nothing that is similar to the Manning cast, where it's just guys shooting the shit over the game. Uh, yeah, and uh, I haven't actually seen a Manning cast during the game. Like I've, I've, I've watched some of the videos afterwards, and, and they're interesting. Uh, I, I, you know, and I like their their dynamic and stuff, but uh, I don't know if, like I say, I haven't watched a game where they're just talking over it so i don't know if i would enjoy that probably not if they're not talking about the game right and i guess like for me it kind of depends on what what i'm doing and where i'm at and what's going on with me you know what i mean so like 
for me, like, like I said, when I'm out in Wisconsin and I'm like kind of just chilling on a boat or something, like I, I need to hear what's going on as far as the development of the play. But sometimes like when I'm at home and I'm just kind of just chilling and kind of dazing out and whatever, sometimes I just like the stories and listening and that kind of stuff. Well, you, I mean, uh, the master was uh, Vince Scully, right? Like alone in the booth, he had a story for every situation. He had a wealth of knowledge and he was able to weave it in while not, while not leaving the game, you know? And I, and I feel like that's what people don't understand. Like they, they, they see what he did, which is amazing but they don't understand that he, he never leaves the game necessarily, even while he's telling these great stories. Right. And so th- that's what you, I think you were mentioning about interviews or something. And if you ever watch, like, say, like when Joe Montaigne is on or Eddie Vedder is another one, like they like stop when something happens, whatever they're telling the story so that the play by play guys can broadcast out what's happening. They actually forced the play-by-play guys to broadcast what's happening because those guys have quit watching the game and the the Montaigne or Vetter are like, hey, look at what just happened down there. Right, right, that's what I'm saying. And then then when you got a guy like Jeff Garland, he's just blabbing over everything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. By the way, can we get into Jeff Garland real quick, speaking of guys that you don't want to ever be on a microphone again? Dude got totally canceled, and we didn't even talk about it. Oh, he did? What did he get canceled for? Well, he canceled himself. He quit his own show because he was acting inappropriately, surprise, surprise, with his cast uh, mates out on his dumbass Goldberg show. I'm sure they were, like, sick. Who do you think watches that? I really want to ask somebody, like, you know that you only have a finite amount of time on this planet. I guess someone could ask me about Cubs games, too, especially during the 90s. But, God, why would you watch that? Like, you're in the golden era of television where if you get Netflix even, there's just a just a, a flood of great shows. Why would you waste your fucking time on the Goldbergs? It's it's people in, um, like, hospital emergency rooms that are forced to watch it. And, like, <laughs> you know, that's probably people in hospital beds, shut-ins, you know, who can't afford cable. Like, people that, you know, never moved on from. I so, but, Danny, about this guy, like, you say that he quit? He, 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 got into, he got into a bunch of HR issues because like, so like, and this has been reported a bunch of times is that like, he makes a lot of inappropriate jokes. So like when he's been sitting around and he's bored, he'll sit there and he'll be, I'm tired. My vagina hurts. You know what I mean? In front of like, like women cast members and stuff like that. And everyone's like, uh, dude, I'm not really feeling comfortable with you doing that. And like HR would talk to him about it and he kept doing it. And finally he's just like, fuck it. I'm done. Oh, okay. So, so he didn't get canceled. He's one of these snowflakes that canceled himself and then bitched about everyone else canceling him. Yeah, that he can't. Well, he didn't say anything. I think he just moved away before he got canceled. He probably played it more right than wrong. But the fact is, the fact is, he's like just an annoying dude. Like, and he's never going to not be annoying no matter what he does. And so he's going to be fine. He'll make a. He'll you know he'll well, isn't continue he on, to work. I mean, isn't he on curb your enthusiasm? I mean. Even when Crawley said on his show, or you said on his show, he left, 
I was not thinking Goldberg's. I was thinking Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was like, that's surprising because those guys seem to be, you know, all about that stuff. But uh, I wasn't thinking. I forgot that he even had another show. So, so that would be a a, a cast that I would not t- tune into an alternative cast. Um, <laughs> who else would I not want to hear? That's just the, well, I mean, well, that's the stretch though. But like, but like <laughs> calling a game that like would maybe get the job, like people that you just really did. Like Keith Moreland was not a great listen, you know. Oh God, was. Keith Moreland and John Shambi together in a booth <laughs> would the gin, ginger cast oh my god i would throw myself off a off a rooftop Fuck. yeah who would be the worst how about the uh, uh i got it for you it's the uh the hamiltons uh or uh or thom and uh what's his name oh Brenneman. the, the, the brenevins yeah brenevin brought oh my god you get you get thom and marty up there doing a cubs game yeah that'd, oh, be, awful. that'd be brutal yeah. Be, oh, and Bradley. Who? Milton Bradley? Yeah, <laughs> get Milton Bradley up there. Um, God, uh, who is that? I could not stand uh, Kevin. What was his name? Goggles, the fucking closer. Kevin Gregg. Kevin Gregg. Yeah. Well, uh, um, fuck. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, oh, Bob Brenly. Bob Brenly's terrible. Oh. And if you so you you get a three man booth with the Brennemans and Brenly, and good God, that's like a negative hole from hell. Here's here's I'm gonna Brenly and Smoltz. Here, here's one for you, and I love him to death, but Andre Dawson. <laughs> oh God, he's well, he's way too soft. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, like, oh. He's a man of very few words. <laughs> I w- I would be all in for the Andre Dawson stories though, where he's like, um, you know, somebody gets hit by a ball, and he's like, I was embalming this man once, and he had baseball stitches, you know, imprinted into his ass. From, you know, like he would just have like embalming <laughs> stories, of shit to tell. Robert Sanchez says that Bradley started okay but finished bad, and, and I kind of agree with that, and. Because I kind of liked a little salty Bob, because he does know the game. He and he is that kind of irascible old dude. He's got that get off my lawn thing. The problem is, like, I feel like he got worse as he went on because he got more irascible as he got older, and then he kind of turned more into like, I don't know, the like the guy that sits around listening to conservative talk radio all day and just get mad at everything like his whole character became the irascible dude well and and brenly kind of at the end too it was like i was like oh i got a i got okay i got through that i was able to get that pass so let me see what i can do keep topping myself and that's where uh i I just think that brenly was just an old one of those old-fashioned white dudes that just really just yeah, and as he got older, he got right. older. And he got crabbier and said stupid. Is, like I said, I, I think I, I think that there was good chemistry between uh, Bob and Len when they started out together. They had a really good chemistry, but there were times where you kind of were like, "Why does he kind of like like you'd find guys that just rag on like he just did not like Aramis Ramirez, like could not stand Aramis Ramirez and just certain guys that he would just kind of." I I, I can't really remember what it was, you know, that, that specifically pissed me off about Brentley. It's been 20 years now. 
but I, you know, I had gotten out of the army and I had moved back to Iowa and I wanted to watch Cubs, you know, because I was living in the Northwest and I couldn't see them. Um, so I started watching the games. They were terrible. That's actually what drew, drove me to the radio and listening to Pat and Ron Santos. So Brenly drove you to the radio to listen to Pat and Ron. Yeah, and, and that's where I fell in love with Ron Santo. I mean, good God. I like And that was the broadcast. And they, there's never been one like it because you know, as much as like I think Coon Dog's pretty cool and like I'm I'm enjoying it more and more and more, it it'll, it he's not Santa. And that is I mean and that broadcast two thousand seven, eight when the Cubs were doing it and Santo was still alive with Pat Hughes. I mean, that might be the last great broadcast the Cubs ever had. Well, so I'm going to kind of take a look here and say that Pat Hughes, in my opinion, was like at his peak at that time. And he kind of helped Ronnie out and and they were able to kind of work it out so that he wasn't exactly the best color analyst. And he could be a red ass too, Santo. I know people, you know, now like kind of like, you know, all that stuff, but like he would complain when like two, like, you know, like Rizzo and Votto or Rizzo and Freeman at first, you know, Rizzo was one of those guys that would talk with every player and laugh and yuck it up. Like Santo would bitch about stuff like that. Um, the other thing is that like Ronnie never came and did any like homework. You know what I mean? Like he would go down on the field and talk to a couple of guys, but like he didn't do any kind of advanced research or anything like that. Like, so you'd sit there and you'd get into the beginning of the game. You'd get to the, you know, the, uh, you know, the pregame and the game is about to start. And, you know, Johnny Cueto's on the mound for the Reds. Ronnie, tell us what Johnny has. Well, Pat, he's got a fastball and he's got some off-speed pitches. Thank you, Ronnie. And he'd be like, okay, well, he didn't really learn much about well, Johnny Cueto yeah. from Ron what, Santo. It, like, and I've heard people – oh, go ahead, Danny. They, well, they, well, they ask Dog like, what would you do with this guy? You know, and and Coom Dog, you know, has an answer. Well, well, I'd take his off-speed pitch and I'd take it the other way, and I would, you know, he's got a real answer about, you know, how he would drive the ball because Coom Coom Dog's younger, you know, played a, a different era than Rod, and you know, Rod's going to be like, well, I'd spit on my hands and I'd go up there, and you know, he's just right, got a <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Santos like, I might need an, you know, uh, I might need an extra Snickers bar to face this guy. Right, and so like, like I, I think that the biggest mistake that, and it, this was Cubs Radio, and I don't know who made the call on this one, was that Pat has it in his contract that like he gets like an inning off, you know, take a piss, take a breather, get some water, whatever. And so for whatever reason, this is when Grody was on the broadcast. Um, they would make Coomer do the play-by-play, and they would have Mark Grody, who wasn't a baseball player, doing color. And yeah, it never that made any make... sense to me at all why they didn't let Grody do the play-by-play and then let let Coom just continue to do that. So you'd yeah, have this inning. Where... Ultimately, play-by-play is just watching the game and saying what's happening rather than trying to give any other sort of in-depth analysis, which Coom Dog is better at because he he at least can draw on personal experience. Right. He but but he could you know and when you talk about play by play, it's not as easy as people see. You know what I mean? I mean it's it's you know people we've been lucky that we've got a lot of good ones. <laughs> Coom Dog has has showed us how hard it can be. Exactly. And you, you remember the Coomer inning is what people used to call it. It used to be brutal. So I think that it kind of so now that he you know when when they moved 
Grody out, and then they put Zach Zaidman in. Well, Zaidman does the fifth, and then Coombe just continues to do color. But I never understood why they made that weird, why they wouldn't let Grody do the play-by-play and make Coomer. I mean, like, he suffered through that. I mean, it was not. Yeah, it was not. He would have no idea what was going on in the game. He'd just be like, okay, the ball is hit, and it's it's high. It's one of them hits. One of them hits, and he's running, and oh, oh, and it's up against, and it's caught. And you'd be like, wait, what? And then he wouldn't even (laughs) he wouldn't even explain it later. I mean, but Zaidman is no better. I'm just saying, like, I do not enjoy the radio broadcast even half as much as I did a decade ago or more. Yeah, getting back to Santo a little bit though, everybody complained. I did hear complaints from people about him. And they were like, oh, he's a terrible announcer, terrible announcer, terrible announcer. I agree with that, but I don't think Ron Santa was ever an announcer. He was just a fan in the booth. And that's what I loved about him because you didn't need to hear anything from Pat. Pat could say, you know, you know, ball two, curveball, blah, blah, blah. But it was, it was Ron. Oh God! Or yeah. See, see, that's what Crawley should do in retirement. Crawley but, should just be the third guy and be fan in the booth. Like as much knew. as he hates, as much as he hates three man booths, Crawley should be the third man in the booth. You he knew knows. what was happening in the game from Ron Santos' voice, or like, even his breathing patterns. Yeah, like, or his breathing. Like, game, he'd be, or, he'd be going, or if he wouldn't respond. If he was just pissed off and Pat would want to say something, he's like he wouldn't say anything. Or he sounded like a little hurt. kid that was pouting. <laughs> yes, and well, you know, and so yeah, was he a good announcer? No, but he was he was great at being your your fun uncle to watch the game with. But the reason it worked, and it's what we talked about earlier, it's why the Stony and uh, Harry worked. Is because he could like if it was somebody else that wouldn't have worked. The Pat and Ron worked. Harry and Steve Stone worked. It, I don't think it would have worked as well if Ron Santo is with somebody. And it's else. tough. It's tough to find that chemistry. It's like yep. you know when you're casting a show, it makes a lot of difference the people you put in the room, the apps, you know, to put like in the cast. And you know, I I would just had a thought like. Uh, what current cub or like a 2016 like modern era cub in the future could you totally see like being the guy and then like Anthony Rizzo came flying into my mind you know give this the 10th year that you know, the 10th year anniversary since we got him but like wouldn't he be great in the booth hmm. like it's who knows you never know how they, you know, you never know how it's going to turn out with those guys in the booth. I mean, you would think that hopefully, like I said, I think Ross did a decent job, but he wasn't at it that long. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you you never really know because Not a, a lot of these guys are kind of meatheads, you know, and like they Rizzo's definitely yeah, meathead. exactly, and they don't really, and you know, or or like. KB, like I think a ton of people would love to hear KB in there, but I think he would just be dull. Like I don't think he would be all that enjoyable. I mean, I think you want a uh, 
I mean, you want you want a, a bench guy. Uh, who, is, who is the dude with the um, the the helmet hands? Jonathan Herrera. Oh, uh, Jonathan. Jonathan yeah. Herrera. See, that's kind of like you know. Remember, like he was always kind of doing goofy stuff. He might be fun, and he'd be he. he because it's like Emilio Bonifacio, like somebody like him, you know. Yeah, Bonifacio. the better you are at the actual game, I think, translates to maybe not so good at the rest of it because you spent so much time doing the other thing. I will tell you though, the it one just guy says uh, Tra- Travis Wood would be fun. Oh, <laughs> Travis Wood might be fun. Yeah, you just yeah. never know. And here's what I'll tell you: is that when I was at Cubs convention for years, the one guy I thought was really, really good was David DeJesus. So like when you go, when you're at Cubs con, like, you know, like a lot of times these guys would, you know, they'd set you up with a story. So like, maybe it's like, uh, maybe it's David Kaplan who's emceeing, or maybe like when it was WGN, they had a lot of different guys emceeing, be Kaplan or Wayne Mesmer or somebody, and they would set you up. And sometimes guys were really good and quick on their feet and, and able to respond to the question in a thoughtful way. And other times they kind of stumbled through it. Like Jeff Samarja was a stumble through it, you know, didn't say shit that was, you know, couldn't pick up on anything quick, anything like that. But I thought David DeJesus, when I would listen to him, I'd be like, that guy's got a career in broadcasting. I wasn't impressed at all. I thought he wasn't really good. I don't know if the TV lights show a little bright on him or what, you know? Are breaking up for anybody else? Is, is everything breaking up for you guys, or is that me? Yeah, yeah. Just, Carly, Carl, you're breaking up. It says uh, you're low I, I, internet signal. I was right just now. saying that That for me, I thought that DeJesus would have a really good broadcasting career, but when he was with Cap, I just thought, like, I don't know if the lights were too bright for him or what. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, Danny, the showbiz-wise. Is that, like... Well, yeah, I mean, I was there. I kind of watched it f- firsthand uh, his last season there. It was the 2019 when we were doing Outside the Ivy, and we would all sit back in the green room with Kaplan and uh, the Jesus and whoever else was around that was working at NBC Sports, uh, you know, but with Luis uh, and Michael Cerami. Um, and, uh, you know, David Jesus, sweet, sweet man. I mean, totally sweet, so nice, welcoming shoot the shit with you, watch the game, had opinions, answer your questions, like fun to hang out with, totally easy, chill. And I think you put him in the suit and you put him in, like you said it right there, the bright lights. And he was not that guy on TV. Like it was there. He could not be himself in that situation with Kaplan and Kaplan. Here's the thing about Kaplan. He's the same way either way. Kaplan is a is a TV host when he's hanging out with you <laughs> backstage. You know, he's the same guy. Like, there's no difference between David Kaplan on Twitter, David Kaplan on TV, David Kaplan just hanging out with you on the street corner. He's the same person. It's always weird um, when he when you're having a normal conversation, he breaks into an ad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's in his contract. Like, I don't know what the t- I mean, that's how it goes. He's just got to do that from time to time in his life. But no, uh, but I think that DeJesus, you know, and it's like from an act coming from an acting background, it's like there is a line that sometimes you can tense up to the point where you can't perform in the way that you actually can. At CubsCon, 
he's relaxed. He's with his friends. Everybody's hanging out. The he's fans all love you. <laughs> he's had a few drinks. Yeah, but the, nobody was drinking backstage. I know. I know the Bulls guys did. They told us that they would take a shot if the Bulls won and go then go on. But we never did. Like me and Sarant, like you know, yeah, I would feel bad. I I was smoking cigarettes back then. I would sneak out for my cigarette before the show. You know, like that's <laughs> most anybody was doing back there. You know, everybody's like, you know, David DeJesus all like healthy, super into macrobiotics and. You know, Kaplan gets himself frozen every day. <laughs> that was, so, so that that was a like a, a a regular topic of conversation about like the food and the you know the diet and all that stuff. But uh, but you know, but it, I'm saying he's totally easy going. We'll talk about whatever he wants to, and, and is such a nice guy. And then you'd see him on TV, and you're like, oh, this is not going well. But backstage, the rapport is wonderful. They should have just put right. the cameras on then, which we often had said. During the game, which is the first time I even had this conversation about alternative broadcasts with Michael Cerami and that whole crew. Yeah, you know, that makes me think of uh, Joe Buck. And anybody who's who's listened to me do anything for a while, I can't stand Joe Buck on TV calling any game. Baseball, football, golf, whatever it is, he makes the broadcast terrible. It's no fun to listen to. He he has bullet points that he hits, and he doesn't care what's happening. He's a he's an automaton. But I have listened to him on interview shows and on podcasts and stuff. He is warm and funny. He has amazing stories. He's he's great. I you know I, and he's he's just got this wonderful great attitude and just is, is magnetic and then he gets on tv to call a game for for a paycheck and it, he throws it all out and decides to do whatever his corporate thing is that he has to do and that's the thing the corporate thing kills it yeah yeah well it, which is why like people say to me uh, oh you guys should be on uh marquee network you know, you're, you're such a great show. And I'm like, yes, thank you. We are a great show. I really appreciate you listening. <laughs> and, and, and no, I'm, uh, but I, I don't necessarily want to be on Marquee. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be, you know, if Ken Rosenthal's job as Rob Manfred and MLB saw it was to be the mouthpiece for the organization, I wouldn't necessarily want to be that. I would like to work on Marquee. Only if they let us say what we wanted to say. And like, I, I didn't get like Tom Ricketts breathing down my neck saying, I can't, you know, tweet that picture of him at Cubs con with that stupid look on his face anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that job, that job, even though it might pay money, is I going to pay enough money to, you know, change my life in a way that I wouldn't want to tweet out that picture of Tom and be myself. You know, well, it's like, it, it's that. like, it's like what I said about the athletics selling their soul, you know, like it's a lot of money good on them, but yeah, that, that is, uh, we're going to see some big changes there, I think. But, um, I, you know, talking about alternate broadcasts and people who listen to this stuff, um, all these great people are listening to us, but I think it's about time to wrap this thing up. I want to, I want to thank, uh, you know, Robert Sanchez, John Vasky, John Pink is Matt Camerer showed up. Uh, didn't, I don't know when he got in here, but good to see you doing some tattoos. I know it. 
Corey Furlong, Bernie, Bernie Barron, uh, Tom Garcia, and uh, uh, one guest. One guest. Thank you, guest. Uh, really happy you guys take the time to, to come on here. Artie and Corey, thanks for actually uh, jumping in here to talk a little bit. We really enjoy uh, hearing from you guys. Uh, it looks like Matt, Matt has something is in to the, say. The room now. What do you want to say, Matt? I'm talking to you guys through my car, so I'm sorry if there's some reverb, but I work Thursday, so it's going to be hard for me to get in here, but uh, I, uh, I'm i catching the last half hour, you guys. No, that's cool. Thank you no, very that's much. that's cool. Thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Uh, yeah, Matt. We are getting a lot of delay here. Yeah, actually, Matt, yeah, actually, hit Matt. mute while we're talking. Okay. Yeah, it, it was going through his speakers and back through his phone, and and we yeah. were hearing him again. If he hit mute, it would yeah. be not too bad. Well, I I was just about to do that old uh, morning radio ship show bit where they turn, would have to turn say, the radio turn down. down your radio. Yeah, turn your radio down. We can't <laughs> hear you. <laughs> it's uh, that, you know. So, uh, well, on that note, uh, I love all you guys. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we had kind of a long one tonight for for a lockout <laughs> offseason. But, hey, we're, we're, we're more of a Cubs fan family than we are a uh, – a, uh, we're, we're not StatCast. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so, um, oh, man. I would love to see the stats on our show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at 108, 108 – uh, well, one hour and eight minutes. Yeah. There's, there's your stat, uh, which seems pretty good. That's almost like 108, 108 years. years. Yep, years. Waited for the Cubs to win the World Series. So, um, Spagog, everybody. Yep. Spagog, happy New Year. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. 
so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.